the college experience power forward edition, top 10 power forwards on the sports gambling podcast network is presented by mybookie.ag. The UFC is back this Saturday night and my bookie has a $49 risk-free bet. And if you use the promo code SGP, you can get up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets. That's mybookie.ag promo code SGP. You play, you win, you get paid over at mybookie.ag. We're also brought to you by Madden Mayhem, our Madden simulation tournament where we're giving away $10,000 in MyBookie credits to the winners with the best brackets. Plus, you can bet on all the games, including live in game wagering. Get all the info at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Madden. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Madden. And last but not least, we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers. And they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Once again, that's aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Yes, yes. In the face. Welcome. Welcome to the college experience. My name is Colby Swinging Dant Base Dant, aka Pick Done D. That's not a pick. This is a pick. Oh, that's not bad. I'm great. That's I'm not, the best. That, that's, that's I'm not fucking bad. Australian. Let's get you to Australia, dude. You, you, you make. I can see you dude, living. Talk about uh, doing some travel. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to doing it one day. Yeah, well, I saw you uh you looking up trips to Cancun. I've been to Cancun. Is that right? And I'll tell that story in a second here. But if you're wondering who this is on the other mic, it is <laughs> the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, a wheeling and dealing. Give it up for former, former James Madison defensive back, current douchebag. Patty C in the place to be. Hi. Woo. Yeah, buddy. How are you, buddy? We're rocking. We're rolling. Have you been to Cancun? I have not. I was invited down for a bachelor party, but I was fucking broke. Mm. Couldn't make it completely mm. bitched out. Fun, fun, fun place to be. Good, good times. It's been a while. It's been like 20 years since I've been there yeah. because, you know, obviously if you go elsewhere, uh, you know, I'd rather go to, I mean, I'll, I'll go back right now. When I saw it was fucking $150 to get there. Yeah. Thinking long and hard about it. $150, all expense paid. Five days. Yeah. I think you still have to pay for the air, air travel. Which is like $100. Yeah. But, dude, last time I went to Cancun, the final two nights I had to sleep on the beach because I got kicked out of the hotel. I'll put it like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Man. When you're an American and you can't stay at a fucking hotel, you are a true piece of shit. I that was an absolute train wreck. I'll put it like this. I was in a big car accident a couple days prior to going. Okay. So that was up in the air. Yeah. So I had stitches in my head. Yeah. And I still went. And the first day that I get there, I, uh, I pass out at a swim, swim, a swim up bar. Oh man. I'm just fried. So not only did I get sunburned, I also like end up at one point, like floating into the water. <laughs> Like falling into the water from the, the swimming bar from the bar. Yeah. So like some paramedics, like 
grab Fish me. Fish you out. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, and nice. then, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm 18 years old, dude. Put this in perspective. All right. All right? <laughs> so, uh, once, once still they, pretty new to the game here. <laughs> well, and they were freaking out about like the huge stitches in my head. Right. So like, this guy's a fucking, like, is he mixing medication with alcohol? Right. And I was like, no, he's just a fucking idiot drinking a lot of alcohol. The alcohol is the medication. <laughs> then I almost got my ass kicked by like a 40 year old man from England, from London, I believe. How'd that work out? We had like Texas tech was like their, their beach week or something. Yeah. So while we're there, a bunch of people from Texas tech are staying in the hotel. Yeah. I'm just pissed drunk and we're throwing the football. <laughs> you hit some dude in the fucking face. I hit his wife in the head with the football. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And then like, uh, like five minutes later, I throw another ball that overshoots the, uh, the, the, the target and almost hits her again in the face. Yeah. So he's like basically he's telling salty, me, yeah, I'm hammered. You know what I mean? Like, like, ah, fuck you. When I think about it now, I'm like, man, this guy probably should have whooped my ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's like uh, your story from last week where you uh, hit that, that really happened. That one both hit in the face. Right. Yeah. Colby threw a basketball in gym class. Uh, a full, full court shot. Right. Okay. So look, our gym, uh, like it, the weight room was like the door to the weight room was right on. Right at the corner of the yeah, gym. Like kind of underneath the basket. Yeah. So she, okay. she comes out of the weight room <laughs> and I threw a, a full court shot that went, oh, it was too, I threw, okay, I put too that's much what on I was it. trying to figure yeah. out that you didn't miss that bad. So it was actually like, no, she's coming it went out. over the, I actually put too much on. It went over the fucking backboard. Yeah. And it hit her in the head and blast her full yeah. court in the head. Right. Yeah. And then she goes, it was, it was, uh, you know, we had like block scheduling. Yeah. So, she goes to the nurse because she got hit in the face by a full court basketball shot. Right. Makes and it back. Happens to come back. And I swear we're fucking around and I shoot. Like, <laughs> She's walking back. I shoot a, 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 uh, like half court shot from behind my back. Yeah. Right. But it was like, not like planned. Yeah. It was like the ball was there and I go, oh, watch this shit. Yeah. So I shoot it and it clearly just nowhere close to the basket, but it hits her in the head Bless. again. <laughs> And then like, you're my hero. Well, no, then I had people that wanted to fight me right. because they thought I did it deliberately. You're, like, you're a fucking asshole. They really thought I did it deliberately. And I was like, I had no idea. She was fucking walking in the, you know what I mean? Like it just happened. Uh, I think I, we told I, this story. Last I genuinely week, felt bad about I that. I think we, we were, we're, we're drunk and, uh, we told this story sure. last week. That's good. But anyway, Cancun, fantastic. I tried to buy, I, I was at the senior frogs. Yeah. Tried to buy, what the fuck was this actress's name? Anyway, she turned me down. Se- senior frogs or senior frogs? <laughs> senior frogs. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of, uh, you know, soul or whatever it is. Machismo. What, yeah. what, what is, what is, what's the aura that uh, Mexicans have? You're a fucking idiot, yeah, dude. Okay. But look, know. anyway, I got kicked out because, oh, dude, I got paid also to do a, uh, me and, me and my, my, my guy, I can't name his name because he's got a, uh, a decent corporate gig. Mm-hmm. But, uh, some chicks from Chicago, essentially like that for their friend's bachelorette party. We, we got to go up there and we kind of like, mm. I don't know, stripped, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. To some really poor girls, probably like to Dave Matthews or something. I don't oh, know. Gosh. Like I have no idea what the fuck music, but we were pretty yeah. hammered. Anyway, I ended up, we ended up, you guys up. went for it. I got kicked out because of that though. Oh, of the hotel. Yeah. Because where, where would you do it? Like we did the, it in the room, but then it opened up. Like we were doing shots and stuff. And, next and then thing they you called know, the people up and they, we, like, me and him sh- 
This dude with the miniature dick yeah. is stripping. Well, we, some people saw it. Some people saw <laughs> body goods. parts okay. uh, uh, that weren't that were not in the room. Oh, so. you got a call from outside. Someone throwing. Well, salt. we kind of went out there. Okay. Someone <laughs> saw bit, it. A little bit of a quote. dare. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I don't know how it happened, but someone saw us naked. You know, we were walking in a crowd of uh, 500 people. Make but. a long story short, we get kicked out and we had to sleep the final two nights on the beach and are all inclusive. They cut everything. So we had to, we still had more friends that were with us. Yeah. They had to bring us food on the beach from the all inclusive. Amazing. You so, know what? Yeah. Probably better to be on the also, fucking beach. Also made friends with like a kid from Australia who was hooking us up, like a fucking 12 year old kid that was going to grab okay, the food. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm saying this we're sleeping on the beach and I'm like, kid, I'll give you $20. Okay. If you go give me a bunch of fucking food. He's not food. hooking you up with booze and stuff. No. Okay. Not that I know of. <laughs> not that I can remember. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. It was a crazy time. I mean, I almost died a few times there, man. You I guess you were almost 12 years old at that time. So it's yeah, not, saying, not so dude. different. It's not yeah. so different, right? Okay. Um, Cancun, I, rec- I can't recommend it enough. Almost died. I went parasailing and uh, they, we got told the instructions in Spanish. <laughs> So we had no Just idea right what we were doing and we really like, I really fucked up my knees. My knees were both. That's another thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's uh, when the more I think about it, I had like scabs over both my knees, st- stitches in my head. Just I just looked like up. a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> sunburnt mm. just to hell. What a fun time though. I, I would pay money to go back to that. And you are an idiot. So, yeah. you know, you look the part you're, <laughs> you're real. Um, how are you, pal? I'm good, bud. How's how's this virus treating you? Well, it hasn't uh, uh, gotten to me yet that I'm aware of. Knock on wood. So let's keep it that way. And because of that, life is grand, man. Yeah. Chilling, drinking I, Molson's. I don't even know what day of the week it is, bro. Yeah. I'm a, I'm an animal over here, dude. I'm, a, I'm like I'm 16 again. Yeah. I'm watching old 90s basketball. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I'm just, I don't know what, I go to sleep at 6 a.m. The summer of Sega is on once again. <laughs> I'm playing fucking video games from 1992. <laughs> Anything to not spend money because I'm not bringing in much money. That's right. But hey, except for this podcast, which you know, just bringing in big time money, bringing in the millions, <laughs> big time fucking money. Uh, this is our top ten power forwards list, um, yeah. college and pro. If you haven't, uh, if you're a first time listener, check out uh, the rest because we have uh, we've done everything football and basketball. Uh, centers coming next, and then we'll do top players ever. So. With that said, anything else in the sports world you want to touch on? Virginia Tech lost a uh, uh, four-star recruit from Texas. The crown mm, jewel of their recruiting mm, class drops them from an already mm, pathetic 74 ranking all the way down to number 83 in 247sports.com's rankings. Virginia Tech, this is a team that mm, during their decade from 2000 to 2010, I want to say was neck and neck with Ohio State as and Texas as the winningest programs in the country. Here we are less than 10 years later and they can't find their ass from a hole in the ground. Shit can change fast in, uh, in the world of college football. Well, you saw Texas, uh, Texas hasn't really been the same. I, I think what they said, like uh, the first player from Texas or Texas A&M to get drafted was in the third round of this year's NFL draft. Wow. Maybe the fourth, third or third or fourth. I think it was the third. I think it was late third. Crazy. And TCU and like, Fucking like UTEP or something. I forget. Baylor, like, yeah. yeah, Baylor. Well, I know Rager, the receiver from TCU. I also think they had a corner that went. Baylor had the receiver yeah. Mims go. Um, SMU, maybe. I don't know. There was like, there was a Houston, maybe. The state yeah. of Texas is truly a case study 
as far as if you let too many teams uh, get on your like power level, uh-huh. you know, and because it's the same argument that I've said, okay, if there are, if there's one team and you own the state all by yourself, you're set, you know, you're always going to be good. Yeah. Ohio state LSU. Okay. Once you get to two teams, you start to lose that stranglehold on the talent. And if you have an off year, the other team capitalizes and it starts to level out over time where typically, you know, there are some teams that hold the advantage over the other teams in the state, but usually it's, it's a lot closer, you know, then when you have several power five teams within the same state, California is another example. You know, they have four in the same conference, North Carolina. There's no like kingpin there, you know, Ohio, because it's only one power five team. If not, if Cincinnati gets the, the boost yeah. and I think Ohio state will suffer, but Texas, they've got Texas Baylor, Tech. Texas tech, a and M Texas and TCU. Yeah. And Houston. I mean, with the way they were recruiting some of this with Ed Oliver and stuff was like a top 10 recruit. Right. So even so, though yeah. Texas has the clear cut advantage, you know, because they're the University of Texas, they have the biggest like uh you also know. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State well, yeah, and not that's, far away. And then that, that should be the biggest LSU example. Not far away. That's true yeah. too, is they're losing talent to all these other places that are pulling away. But Oklahoma, because it's only got two, and Oklahoma is the far more established brand than Oklahoma State, there's less competition for the in state talent, right? And they can go in and pirate like Texas just it's too it's an impossible task for Texas. Yeah. to put a fence around the talent in the state because there's too many fucking other players eating at the same table. So uh, I want to see that happen in some other states. I want to see that happen in Ohio. I want Louisiana. Cincinnati. I want to see Louisiana. So I, I don't know. At Louisiana, Texas step up? Is, is, Tulane? Whether it's Tulane or Louisiana Tech. I know you said Louisiana or uh, Tulane is an academic school. So Yeah, they used to be in the SEC though. Right. So, But would they be a Vanderbilt if they went back in the SEC? A little bit better than Vanderbilt because they're in... New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. Just a better talent pool yeah. to draw from. Could they become a Stanford Potentially. in the SEC? Potentially. I mean, it, this is this is pipe dreams, but I'm saying, yeah. Right. I mean, if we're looking, I mean, because Georgia Tech would be the equivalent to a Stanford, you know? Georgia, Maybe not quite as good, but like, could, well, they, could they be a national a, championship more recently than any of these schools were talking about? That's true. About. That's so. true. And probably as they start to recruit They've again. won a national championship more recently than Georgia. Boom. That's one of the best things to quote. Sick burn. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, what other, what else stuff has been happening in, in, in the sports world? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm lobbying to get George Mason, a football team. Oh yeah. That's George Mason and Fairfax, guys, Virginia. I'm going to start a movement. Let's start a fucking yeah. movement. We, you guys probably don't give a rat's ass about Fairfax, Virginia, but we're telling you there's a, there's a school yeah. where we're from in Northern Virginia that has the potential to become a true power. Yeah. You it know? really does. It really could. It really could. It has the financial yeah. resources. It has the talent base. It's like UCF. I've compared it to UCF. Yeah. You saw like with even yeah. better financial yeah. resources Yeah, exactly. by far. Like I want to say like the DC area because of the contracts, um, you know, government fucking money going in there and fucking everyone us, uh, all the rest of us up, but federal money going in, and contracts and now Amazon just put uh, their yeah, uh, Jeff Be- Bezos, or Bezos just yeah. put a huge headquarters there. So there's going to be tons of money. That's why the Redskins and the, the nationals have become one of the highest payrolls, despite having no fucking history yeah. just because there's money there and you the do that and you combine that with talent. It's like, I is, mean, is Brad Edwards, the former Redskins safety 
uh, and their assistant athletic director is a little legend by the name of Daryl green. Yeah. So, I mean, why, what's stopping this? I know we got COVID right now, so I'm sure they're not going to try to do throwing it. a monkey wrench yeah. in this movement. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that that's really going to hurt this, but, but it's, it's a no brainer. to me. I don't think there's any awareness around this, you know? And so we're asking you people yeah. out there, get excited for the I Mason might, Patriots. I if might you love that final four petition. run before I might tweet out a petition to, uh, to, to help expand college football. That's a thing is like, we lo- there's a lot of teams that have quit programs since 1990. I sent you this. Yeah. We need to reverse this trend. Yeah. Bring a football back. Yeah. Tell the world to stop being such pussies. I don't want to let my son play football. Meanwhile, he dies of a fucking virus. Yeah. All right? Idiots. Life's going to happen one way or another. Nah. You st- stupid <laughs> fucking jackasses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Uh, anyway, hey, by the way, check out sportsgamblingpodcast.com and uh, NC Nick has a great article on best whiskeys. Anything? Look, I'm curious. I was reading that article. It's pretty funny. Yeah, man. He's 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 doing I it. like that he does the first paragraph is typically like a, an actual analysis of the whiskey and second paragraph usually yeah. goes a little dirtier. Quality. Yeah. <laughs> Quality. Um, uh, I want to know if your opinions changed on any of these players. I mean, I sent you a, I mean, I just sent you a Penny Hardaway video. Has it changed your perception of Penny Hardaway? Uh, it makes me respect him a little more seeing, seeing him in action. Sure. Penny Hardaway. Like I said, he was, he was being, whether you remembered or not to me. And from what we just read recently being promoted as the next Jordan in the absence of Jordan, right? Who's who said that though? The media. I don't know if it was presented exactly as him being the next Jordan, but yeah. at the time there was basically there was Jordan and Drexler and that was it. As far as shooting guards, what John Stockton, Joe Dumars, Joe Dumars was not in that Mitch vein Richmond. at all. Mitch Richmond was an afterthought in the league. There were just no shooting guards in the league. And here comes Penny, this six foot seven, who's not a shooting guard, but looks like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant from a body frame standpoint and has that kind of game a little bit. He may be uh, from a, a decision-making standpoint, a pass first guy more so than those guys. He obviously. reminds me more of magic Johnson than, than Kobe, maybe or, halfway yeah. between the two. But in any event, I saw it. I said, okay. I also saw that Shaq was the more important player on those teams in my humble opinion, which I think the statistics back. Um, and so I said, okay, yeah, Penny's great. This team, the, he's very good. He's an all-star. Certainly. But then his fucking career got cut short by injury. And so, yeah, he, I forgot him a little bit. Okay. I'm not giving him the credit. Okay. He's probably due. Well, then I want to ask you, and I want to say, first off, a, a strong rest in peace to Don Shula. Oh, yeah. Legendary coach. And I got myself into some arguments here. Yeah. So I handled the, the, the most of the Instagram for the sports gambling podcast. Check it out on Instagram. It's absolutely fucking hilarious. I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, and I posted Marv Levy's comment saying on, uh, I held him in the highest esteem. I had great respect for him. He exemplified everything a coach should be. He is without question, the greatest pro football coach ever. I just put that caption there saying rest in peace to Don Shula. Yeah. And people started laughing at it saying that he's a fucking fool. Right? Yeah. So I'm in these arguments. I don't get it. How can you say, uh, he won an, a championship in two cities. He's the winningest coach of all time. They're undefeated. <laughs> they yeah. have an undefeated season. This is my problem with like today. Today. It's like, there's such a recency bias. Yeah. Um, 
I'm sitting there like, what else does he have to do? It's like, I understand. I go, what? So, so I go, what do you have Lombardi better? Who, who, why is everyone laughing at this? Like, is it right. Gibbs? Is it's it an argument Walsh? that can be made, but yeah. it's not like he's not is in these it guys. Noel? Like, is it, is it, is it Belichick? I don't, is it Parcells? I don't know. Like who? who yeah. and, and I think everyone was saying Belichick. So I'm like, well, Belichick also failed in Cleveland. Yeah. You saw the stat that they put up about Shula. Yeah. He's undefeated against Belichick. Yeah. Two and zero against, but he beat. That's <laughs> a pretty impressive. The fucking winner of the most, the first Super Bowl ever. George Hallis. Or the also, first NFL yeah, champion, yeah. George Hallis. He has a winning record against George Hallis. And a winning record against Bill Belichick. Why, why is it that people are just laughing? Like Don Shula only had two losing seasons. Yeah. That's incredible. That's, I didn't even realize that set. Two losing seasons. And Miami, <laughs> what did they make the uh, Super Bowl? They. 84, they made it. They did they beat the Cowboys? Uh, I think they beat they the went Cowboys three years in a row. One of the only coaches to take his team to a Super Bowl three years in a row. Yeah, they lost one, one, two. Yeah, so they got a winning record there. I they just, lost the last second field goal against the Colts, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, so they almost won three in a row. Yeah, but then he also won the equivalent of the Super Bowl, it wasn't called a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Colts. Yeah, NFL championship. Yeah, yeah. with uh, Unitas, he only got one there, or I, th- I think I got. You have to go back out in there, but I, I, okay. I. But I'm saying the guy is just a clear-cut winner. Yeah. I don't understand why this is laughing. Why are people laughing? Yeah, at he this? took Marino to the Super Bowl ten years later, and he almost. I mean, dude, some of those plays I watched. Uh, I think it was like ninety-two or ninety-three. We watched the Charger game. If Stoyanovich makes that field goal, they're in the AFC Championship against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Who knows what happens? I actually think Marino would be a dangerous player against that Steeler defense. Just like we saw him against the Bears in '85, Marino. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, at that point, early early '90s. Yeah, Miami was as much of a threat as anyone, you know, to go to the Super so, Bowl. So almost Stoyanovich in, makes a field goal. Right. Almost in four straight decades, yeah. he took his teams to Super or championship games. Yeah. So yeah, anyone who doesn't really remember is probably just a little too young. Well, what's crazy but, is that I'm not even definitively saying that I'm I'm quoting Marv Levy by saying, yeah, I, I, I wonder if some of these people, if you said like, is Tom land, he died recently, right? Tom Landry, I think perhaps. Yeah. I'm not yeah. 100% sure on that, but it'd be like people laughing if Tom Landry died and people were like, yeah, he's kind of like the greatest coach ever. Yeah. I mean, like I, I don't get it's it. It's only because the dolphins have been so irrelevant for so Where long. There's such a recency bias. I feel like it's the, uh, it's the whole LeBron no, Jordan Landry thing. Landry died in 2000. Jeez. Um, but, uh, yeah, there is definitely a, uh, everyone always does what's, what's more recent. I feel like they don't think about, Oh, you yeah. know, let, let me look at this and, and, and dissect why I think he's better. It's like the Brady argument right. to me, especially with coaching. I mean, you can say, okay, with players, like their skill level is better and you know, the, the training is better. The athleticism is better. Okay. I understand that argument with coaching. The game has changed because this motherfucker yeah. made it change. Yeah. He's the guy yeah. that put the shit well, in. What's, the- what's, what's uh, the irony here is Belichick. I believe got his first gig in Baltimore somehow related to Shula. Shula was friends with Belichick's dad. Interesting. So it goes back to Shula. With Belichick so Belichick's issued a statement, like on Shula's coaching tree. A little yeah, bit? he issued a statement basically saying the fact like Shula was everything. Yeah. So it's like yeah, it, I remember Shula having the same level of respect as like a uh, a Lombardi, yeah, a fucking uh, Landry, yeah, a Noel, all those guys, yeah. yeah, yeah, a Walsh, 
I don't know. It just works me up. Dude. It's like the Brady thing. It's like, everyone's got this recency thing. Just because you're the best now does not mean you're the best. I mean, look, this is all subjective shit, yeah. but I'm saying like, I, I just think everyone thinks, Oh, well, cause he's the best now. It must be the best of all time. Yeah. 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 The People sports fucking like change. We had Joe Theismann on. And even though Joe Theismann said he thinks Tom Brady's the best ever, I caught him in a little jam, in a, in a little bit of a spot because I go, I'd asked him, Marino said recently in an interview that he thinks he could throw for 6,000 yards and 60 touchdowns if he was playing in today's NFL. Yeah. And Theismann agreed with that by saying the rules and everything. And, and Theismann made up, I will say this point was decently valid. Hmm. When he re- originally said Brady is the best quarterback, he goes, he's had to plug and play players his whole career. Yeah. And I thought that's pretty fair. But then I was like, but he's ran the same offense and had the same coach. Yeah. So my, if you're going to use that argument, my argument with, and he's had a fucking great defense supporting him. Yeah. A lot of hall of famers with him. Yeah. So my argument with Elway being better than Brady and, and, and maybe even a few others, I would, I would put Steve young pretty close to that. Sure. Um, absolutely. Is that a, well, there was no free agency, but Elway also had to deal with multiple offenses, multiple head coaches. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Brady does this year with Arians. Um, your point that like Brady just happened to be the guy that was the Patriots quarterback during that time. Like if Tom Brady wasn't on the new new England Patriots or if Joe Montana wasn't on the fucking San Francisco 49ers, they might not be remembered. Like they might be like, they might make the pro bowl a couple times. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But But they wouldn't be like stand out in history. I don't think Yeah, the, the six super bowl rings. Yeah. Uh, I would say I have way more to do with Belichick than Brady. Of course, man. They went 11 and five with Matt castle. Yeah. I think they're going to win. I, I'm calling in his it, first year ever playing. I think they might even win the AFC East this year. If not, they're going to uh, wild card or AFC East. Matt castle didn't even start a single game in college, right? No, he didn't. He was, he was fucking behind uh what's his name? Matt liner. Yeah. He came in and took uh. or behind Par- Carson Palmer. Was it? I think well, he was behind it. liner. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even like, John David booty or something. I don't know. Castle was nothing special. Um, and yeah, he took them to 11 and five. When we went over that again, you know, when you take that into account now, Tom Brady, I've seen him operate and I, he's fucking, I'm not even machine. trying to shit on Tom Brady. Yeah. I actually I, like people say like Brady or Manning. I'm like Brady all day to me. Right. Yeah. He's a fucking winner. He's yeah. a fucking winner. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and I love a lot of his game. But at the same time, I just feel like he's also name me another quarterback that's played in the same system his whole career. One the same coach. Uh, that's why this year is going to be very interesting. The closest would be Montana. I'm sure we could think of some if we put our. Uh, I mean, you have to go ways there. way back. I think. I yeah. mean, Alex Smith is a dude, and not to ever compare him to Tom Brady, but I'm saying I think he had his first eight years he had eight different offenses. I mean, shit. Alex Smith took the uh, 49ers to two straight NFC championships. And then fucking Kaepernick came in and took him to a third. Yeah. Like if, if he doesn't get hurt, he maybe the chiefs pass the playoffs a couple times too. Um, maybe even the AFC championship. No, maybe, maybe. The, the second round. Maybe. maybe Alex Smith only got them to the first. I think Kaepernick came in like, I'm not even saying Alex Smith belongs season. anywhere near the top quarterback list. My point is, is I think, I think the having, that many offenses can be a setback in someone's career. Absolutely. And also not having 30 hall of famers like this, like the, by the end of the day, the Patriots give it 10 years. Those teams are stacked with hall of famers. Yeah. Stacked with hall of famers. Brady, of course, makes some of them hall of famers. I would say he certainly helps him. Yeah. 
But I can tell you this, the first three Super Bowls, when Brady was not on that true high level, yeah. I would argue the opposite. Ty Law, Teddy Bruce, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Harrison, um, fucking. Willie McGinnis. Um, I mean, who was the other? Ted Johnson was in the Hall of Famer, but he yeah, was like Chad Brown. They had, they had a bunch of really good players. Too, uh, Junior Sale was, who was one the of those uh, big teams. nose yeah. tackle, Ted Washington. Uh, Ted Washington. They also had Vince Wolfork, who's going to yeah. be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Richard Seymour. I mean, they had a lot of really good players. Yeah. That's kind of where they. That was the basis of that. Brian team. Cox was a linebacker. You know, that was the Tom end of his Brady career, was, was similar really to Ben yeah. Roethlisberger for those first few Super Bowls, where it's like he's the dude that's quarterbacking it and not fucking. Well, and he was clutch. Yeah, he was clutch. There's no denying that. But I mean, also you could also say the fumble, the tuck rule, sure, big, certainly big, helped. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I just think there's a recency bias on this shit. Like I, dude, I went, I went back. I was watching this Elway tape, and I'm sitting there in my head. I'm like, I'm not crazy. Yeah. You watch. I watched both tapes within 25 minutes of each other back to back. Yeah. And I feel very confident about my decision. Yeah. One is far more impressive from a, yeah. uh, yeah. From a, like if you were drafting, standpoint. you would say, yeah. Hey, I'm taking this guy. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's no doubt. And we're like John Elway's exceptional is that, I mean, you have guys that are physical marbles. You have your cam Newtons, but then you have a guy like John Elway that not only is a physical marvel, but also a, a leader and, you know, which isn't to say Cam Newton, Cam Newton had an MVP season in, in the NFL, Cam Newton. Where's he going to end up? You see Andy Dalton goes to Dallas. That was shocking to me. Cause now that it seems like they can play a John little Elway bit. Just did it for longer than Cam Newton did. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude. That way was a beast. Like, for, I mean, dude, yeah. I, I might have to put those, uh, some, some highlights up on, uh, on YouTube. I mean, uh, on, a, on our Instagram sports gambling podcast, some of the Steve young stuff too, man. I was watching some Steve young the other day and I'm like, fuck man. I know this sounds ridiculous. I have nothing against Joe Montana, but I think, I think Steve Young's better than Joe Montana. Sure. No, that's a very easy point to make. Like yeah. I watched both tapes and I'm sitting there like, how can you tell me now? I'll say Montana was cool as ice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and this is not a shot at him. I think both Brady Montana are, Definitely top 10 quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. When you're arguing top 10, this does not mean I think there's a, they're a shitty player. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like one jumps off. Like when I, when I watch the tape, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Steve young has something that Montana can't touch, you know, in terms of athleticism, it's not even close at all. And Steve young is also a very capable of running. Yeah. And uh, a great offense. Which and he, he was did. trapped in the USFL and on the Bucks and the Niners. For, Look, there was if, no free agency. If the Dallas yeah. Cowboys weren't uh, in their way, if the super studded, maybe the best team in our lifetime, Dallas Cowboys weren't yeah. in San Francisco's way, Steve Young would have won three straight Super Bowls. Yeah. They went to the NFC Championship three straight times. Yeah. Uh, and. But but they even, lost to the Cowboys. Even twice. the irony here is Montana and, and Young had so many Hall of Famers around them. So when I go back to Elway in the eighties, yeah, he, he had no one. He had nothing. Not one Hall of Famer on his team until Atwater in eighty nine, and Atwater was a rookie. So by the time Atwater, I, I, he was not playing at a Hall of Fame level. I don't think instantly. Yeah, probably playing at a good level. But I'm sure. saying like, and even Atwater, a lot of what made him such a memorable player was his hitting wasn't necessarily his like ball hawking or it's not like Ronnie lot. Yeah. He's not yeah. doing everything. Yeah. You know, but dude, I mean those Niners teams, much like the Patriot teams, what, and this is, a, I, I'm arguing that young stands out to me, but at the same time, you're like rice, Taylor Jones, 
Yeah. Charles Haley. Um, Dude, I saw a stat on Jerry yeah, Rice yeah. the other year. Now, granted, obviously Joe Montana is part of this stat, but I think the the offense is part of the stat. And Jerry Rice himself being fucking amazing is the biggest part of this stat. I want to say in 1987, in a strike shortened season in 12 games, he had 22, 22 touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. That's two Just touchdowns filthy. every game. Just absolute filth. Okay, I'm gonna dive more into that. We're gonna have plenty of time to argue because we got quarantine, guys, and I'm just gonna be able to talk about any any shit, any arguments you want us to start to debate. Find me on Twitter at dcolbyd. We'll talk about whatever. I mean, me and Patty C do this shit. We were arguing Neil Anderson and James Brooks earlier today. You know what I mean? Because we're idiots. We got time on our yeah. hands. Um, but before we dive into top ten power forwards of all time, I want to tell you guys about mybookie.ag. Whether you're down on luck or you're just down because you're stuck, find relief with my bookie that there's never a quarantine on fun. Life without sports is, is, you know, finally nearing an end this week with the UFC uh, putting on its first show in, 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 you know, months and and Korean baseball started on ESPN. I haven't even subscribed to that yet, but um, (laughs) I'm considering it. Uh, there's over under submissions, KO decisions, and you know, every other type of bet you, you can ask for at mybookie.ag. start off small or swing for the fences by taking advantage of the stack card with uh, some quick cash at my bookie. And if the return of a good old fashioned blood sport doesn't get your attention, have some fun on the house with the, you know, with a wager you can, you simply can't lose. You, you know, you heard, you heard of, uh, you know, casinos, Right, there's online casinos. Yeah. <laughs> Sound like George W. Bush <laughs> over here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can go in there, and, and they have a, a casino going twenty four seven. You can go play roulette, blackjack, whatever you want to do. But you might as well grab a risk free bet on forty nine dollars from our friends at my bookie this Saturday, because they don't want you to miss out on the action, and neither do we. Earnings from MMA and simulated sports not coming in quick enough. Try your hand at the MyBookie Casino and instant access to hundreds of classic slots and table games. Stay safe, stay sane from the comfort of your own home. Sign up right now. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code SGP and they'll match your deposit halfway, all the way up to a thousand dollars. And if you Boom. put if you put in a hundred dollars, they'll match you with fifty. All right, so you're basically getting free money to play just for supporting the show with MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid over at MyBookie.ag. It had this thing called a casino, Patty C. <laughs> you may have heard of this one. You know, because I just watched a lot of Bushisms. That's probably what it is. There it is. It's, Gosh, uh, they're fun. You've you've taken on his character. He's a, he's a. I would vote for him tomorrow because <laughs> I find him fucking hilarious. Um, where are we at? Top ten college power forwards here. No, yeah. I did want to say something real quick about college football before we jump on that. Yeah. You want to talk about a coach that. We're watching closely here as far as the importance of his ability to recruit and what the effect could be. Liberty. Well, Liberty is uh, certainly where on the radar. Where are you going with this? I'm going with the University of Maryland. Oh, Mike Loxley. Mike Loxley. Robin Loxley. That's okay. right. Um, Mike Loxley uh, was, to my knowledge, largely responsible for uh, Illinois' last Rose Bowl trip to... When they had Mendenhall. Yeah, when they had Vontae Ron- Davis. No, did they have Vontae? They had Vontae Davis. Vontae right? Davis, yeah. 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 Um, under Ron Zook. Yeah. Um, now, 
Loxley was an ace recruiter that got a lot of guys out of the DC area. He's from Maryland. Um, he did parlay that into a head coaching position. Was it uh, New Mexico? New Mexico, where he proceeded to go two and twenty-eight, two and twenty-six, something like that. He got fired after two years, three years. Yeah. Um, he's he's very bad at coaching, but he is an excellent recruiter. And what we have seen is uh, he has started to turn the corner in on the recruiting scene, and uh, Maryland got themselves a five-star last year and is now in position for the number one quarterback in the country for the class of 2021. Um, he has narrowed his list to three schools, uh, LSU, Oklahoma, and Maryland, <laughs> Maryland who sucked ass last year. So that's what I, was puzzling. I remember, you know, based off the talent they were playing last year, because they had Josh Jackson transfer in from Virginia tech and some other players transfer in. I believe if memory serves me correct, the Terps, I was bullish on them because I had read. So I think I heard Phil Steele and some other people were saying like how many, how much talent they have. Yeah. I think they had the 15th. If memory serves me correct, it was either It was somewhere between 15 and 17. I feel like most Fif- talented, team. most talented team in the nation last year over a four year recruiting cycle. Yeah. So, Cause Durkin was recruiting good. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, they're going to hit that over. But then I'm like, well, they hire Scotty Montgomery. So then I became a little bit of a skeptic because Scotty Montgomery's running the OC, former East Carolina head coach, destroyed their program. And they start out two and zero. Things are looking good. I mean, they fucking blow out Syracuse, but we didn't know that maybe Syracuse just wasn't very good. Right. So then they proceed to lose every other game (laughs) on the season. And, And some of them, and terrible. Some of them were really, fashion. really bad. Um, he is six and 40 as a head coach. He's not a very good head coach. Six and 40. Man. That's very bad. But that said, he has started to, even despite that, put a fence around Maryland and the DC area. And on simply on talent alone, may be able to get them back to a point of respectability. Beyond that, the impacts on the Big Ten landscape and potentially the national landscape will reverberate if he is able to do that because Penn State typically raids Maryland, right? Yeah. In the same way that Penn State typically raids New Jersey, right? For talent. Yeah. Now you have two dudes. uh, I see um, eight of the 12 recruits that uh, make up Rutgers's recruiting class, which I believe is top 20 right now mm-hmm. um, are from New Jersey. New Jersey produces some of the most NFL talent of any state. You wouldn't think that because it never stays home, but now you have two neighboring States of Pennsylvania yeah. locking up their talent. And where does Pennsylvania go? Ohio state still coming into Penn, uh, into Pennsylvania and taking the best talent from Pennsylvania. I think Penn state's going to get desperate here and Things are going to shake up, you know. Hey, I'm eager to see it. But by the way, last year they had transfers come in from two from or three from Virginia Tech, one from Ohio State, one from Clemson, and one from Buffalo come in. That's probably a lot of their time. Maryland. Maryland, rather. But if we just go through this thing, I mean, this team, this is unacceptable to win two games with that talent. Yeah. I mean, it's really unacceptable. Like they, they lost. To Penn State, fifty-nine and nothing. It's almost impressive that he's that at bad Maryland, as a coach at Maryland. 
not at college uh, station or not or college no, no, no. Uh, state college. State college, yeah. Um, they lost then to Purdue forty to fourteen. Yeah. They lost to Minnesota fifty-two to ten. Yeah. They lost to Michigan thirty-eight to seven. They lost to Ohio State seventy-three to fourteen. <sighs> they lost to Nebraska fifty-four to seven. The fact that he's got the number one quarterback in the nation listening to him and putting him on a list of three finalists after that season. Yeah. Is a true testament to this dude's recruiting capabilities. Well, and, and this is incredible because these aren't road games that they're getting their ass whooped. These no. are at home. A lot of home. Games. They lost to a five win Nebraska team by 47 points at college park. They lost to Michigan by 31 and it was really 38 to nothing at one point. Uh, in college, in college park. park, they lost to, I mean, you could add up all the points and be like, what the hell did I witness here? Yeah. It may not matter how well this dude recruits. It may just be a lost cause and these players are wasting their careers, but it is certainly something that regardless of how they perform the lack of talent available in that yeah. Mid Atlantic section yeah, of the country. Got, something's got to give. Someone's going to be affected by that. So. Well, dude, we, what's so crazy is he convinced me to take, to take them against Penn state after they destroyed. Well, I was bullish on Syracuse a little bit last year. It was one that I was wrong with. Yeah. And they beat Syracuse 63 to 20. Yeah. After beating Howard to open up the season, 79 to nothing. <laughs> so you're talking about yeah, everyone's like, okay, Maryland may have like, it going. Oh my God. And then we know they're talented. That running back that, that was yeah, there McFarland. just got drafted. I like McFarland. Yeah. And, and you got Josh Jackson who was good at Virginia tech. You're thinking, geez, this team's going to be fucking legit. Yeah. Then they lose 59 to nothing in a game that I think I said, take the points in Maryland. Yeah. Boy, that's gotta be the worst loss of my life. <laughs> We did cover that last year. We, we made fun, that was one of, my locks. Of, fun of ourselves. Uh, one of my fucking locks was that man. Oh my Mike Loxley. Hello. Six and 40. Okay. Give me a prediction of what they win this year. Ooh, I'd have to look at their schedule. Let's um, pull it up. I know we're supposed to do top 10 power forwards, but I don't, you know, we can dabble. This is the college experience. That's right. All right. Let's get over to old FB schedules and we'll take a little gander at big 10 Maryland. All right. Maryland opens the season. If it starts on time with a home game against the Towson and Tigers. they're not horrible. Towson is not horrible. So he better have his shit together against Towson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause Towson's like a playoff team. That's what I'm saying. That, that, that and that's a right up the road. Yeah. So you, that you, they're going to have a, a chip on state, them. Yeah. yeah. Beef there. Let's give them the win though. They sure. have too much talent to lose the Towson. Mm-hmm. Week two, the last time they played this game, Northern Illinois won in Maryland. Wow. Give it to Maryland. Okay. Give me two and oh Maryland, just like last year. I still think a dangerous matchup. Yeah. They could they they could go one and one here. <laughs> they could. Yeah. Week three. They go to Morgantown. They're taking an L. I think they're taking an L too. By the way, this game should be happening every year. Yeah, I agree. By week. Then they're home to Minnesota. Uh, they're getting killed. Yeah. Yeah. So you got two and two. Yeah. They're at Indiana. They're losing that. Two and three Ho- or at the stay on the road at Northwestern. <sighs> it's a little tough. That's a winnable game. though. Northwestern had a terrible. They got to get, they got to, they got to be better this year. They got the transfer from, they got uh, Peyton Ramsey. From I would Indiana. take money on Northwestern at to this win. point. Yeah, yeah. I think I would too. 
gun to head. I have to take Northwestern right yeah. now, but yeah, I could yeah. see it being 20 to 17. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so we got them right there two and four. And then hosting Wisconsin. Now this is another one where Colby's argument is when you're not good, right. And you're just trying to cobble together wins, having your hardest games at home is it's not, not a, a favor. Yeah. It, it, it works yeah. against you. People, I feel like your average fans like, oh great, we get them at home. Like, no, no. you don't want that. You want mm-hmm. Rutgers at home. Yeah, you know what I mean. You like, have to go to Indiana, which if you had them at home, you might win by three. But yeah. since you have to go to Indiana, you're going to lose by three, and you're going to be zero and four. So Wisconsin is going to beat them up, right? Or I guess they have two wins here, so we got them at two and two and five after the Wisconsin game. Okay, and then they're home to Rutgers. They might get Rutgers because it's going to take Shiano, I think, a year or two. I don't even know if it will take that long. I would almost favor Shiano year one, but we'll give it to Maryland. I think I would almost favor because I know he's a, so much better X's and O's. Yeah. Let's give it to Maryland. Yeah. Three Be generous. They go to the big house. That's a loss. They take, they look at these final g- four games <laughs> at Michigan. Look at this stretch at Michigan, home to Ohio state at Penn state, home to Michigan state. This team is going three and nine at best next year at best. And, and what's crazy is the other three are losable. <laughs> yeah. They could win. They could beat Northwestern or they could beat Indiana. They could conceivably get to five wins. Indiana won eight games last year though. Uh, Yeah. I would not at all think Maryland should be the fair. Uh, If I had to predict right now, three, three and a half wins for Maryland. Yeah. Uh, We're going to get to our win totals later in the shit, probably in the next month or so. All right. It's time to get to it. Can't dodge it forever because I know your list is bullshit. All right. Give me your number 10 college basketball power forward, Patty C. Well, you know what? I want to throw some uh some honorable mentions at you. Or, or, or should I do that? Yeah, let's do some honorable mentions. Okay. Who didn't make it but almost made it? Well, there's the, the two list that really didn't almost make it. There's four there. Okay. Willie Cauley Stein. Almost made mine. Yep. And Tony McDice. Almost made mine. Yeah, he was on my list, just didn't make mine. Yeah, yep, that's what it means. Lamarcus Aldridge, he did not make my list, but he probably deserves that spot. Okay, I mean, deserves honorable mention. Deserves honorable yeah. mention. Uh, Kenyon Martin. Wow, I don't know how I forgot him. I had Danny Fortson on mine at one point, but Kenyon Martin was clearly better than Danny Fortson. Kenyon Martin had a only a two year college leg. career. Uh, it was decent. The stats weren't overwhelming, if I recall correctly. He kind of got to the NBA on a as the number one pick in a very weak draft, and because of his athletic upside, not necessarily. Yeah, he was decent. Um, other honorable mentions here: the real honorable mentions. I had a tie between two Kansas guys, Ray Lafrance and Drew Gooden. I'm, mm. I'm guessing mm. they made your list potentially. Uh, I have one on the outside and one in. Okay, and then the last honorable mention for me: Keith Van Horn. Oh, he had a great career he's in mine for he's, sure. I might be shitting on yeah. Van Horn. Um, I'll say Draymond green almost made mine. Okay. Did not probably, you could probably dare, very much. So argue this, like I said, Danny Fortson, I think the, uh, the Ken- Kenya Martin one is very accurate that I probably just missed that. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you some more after the fact. Um, but let's get into this. With your number 10 power forward in college basketball. In our lifetime. And we're saying this is... This is incredible. College is incredibly hard because there's like 5,000 players that could potentially do this. Right. Now, I'm going to 
say basically the cutoff is you had to have played during the 1993 season. Yeah. Cause Larry Johnson would be number one. We both know this. He would probably be right up there. Leitner would probably be number one too. All right. <laughs> yeah. We'd probably have Leitner one Johnson too, but maybe, maybe not. Cause they played and uh, Johnson whipped their ass. So no, they played twice though. They went one and one, I think, Ah, but it was a questionable call on Greg Anthony <laughs> at the MTA. I think the NCA, cause they knew Tarkanian suing them. They, they just, they, dude, that's the biggest bullshit ever. That it goes back. I truly believe that shit might go back to race. Yeah. Um, well, sure. Duke is notoriously like, yeah, I don't want to play that card, but I'm saying that, 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 let's that was be honest. Tarkanian, by the way, I did. I didn't realize that Lute Olson is the Tarkanian coaching tree from that. Interesting. When Tarkanian was at Long Beach state, he was the assistant under Tarkanian. Hey, there's some uh, serious talent in that coaching tree. Yeah, man. So my number 10. number 10, Without any further ado, I'm sure this guy's higher up your list. It is none other than the big nasty Corliss Williamson. <laughs> NCAA champion, two-time NCAA all-tourney, two-time consensus All-American. Fucking hell of a career. He's a lot higher than mine. A lot higher on yours. Look, I know he was a a force. I'm probably downgrading him despite his national championship, just because I didn't see him or, and, and this is where recency bias may play a part. He certainly uh, was able to score as a power forward. You'd like to see slightly better rebounding numbers out of him. Uh, he was good for 19 and seven over a three year career. That's fucking impressive for three straight years yeah. in college. Um, he was a beast. Be, I, I have no, uh, no problem with him being higher because um, a lot of my list as interchangeable until we get toward the top. Well, my number 10 is a guy in Lawrence, Kansas. Actually my number 10 and actually, you know what? I'm going to boot him off. I'm sorry. My number 10, I'm going to switch. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Norman, Oklahoma. All right. I'm going to boot Rafe the France and drew Gooden. Both did not make my list right on the cusp. Yeah. Blake Griffin. He, he was a little higher on mine. Uh, let's pull up some stats of old Blake and Norman with Jeff Capel. Another thing is this team did not achieve much. I think you got to factor that in. Williamson was the main guy on a team that went to the national championship twice. That's true. That's true. But when I saw Blake Griffin, I saw a dude that I knew is the first time I watched him. I was like, that's the best player in college basketball, but they did. I don't even think they made the tournament. Um, and I think they struggled. All region. You may be right. Um, but uh, he was nasty. I mean, we all knew that. I mean, yeah, his freshman year, four, uh, fifteen and nine. Sophomore year, twenty three and fourteen and a half. Mm. Those are huge numbers. Um, he was just a great athlete, and he was bigger than everyone at the time. He's got speed. Blake Griffin is a little bit like, uh, and even into the NBA, a guy that while his skills, his handles are very impressive, might not know how to play within a system super well. I I thought he'd be a better pro. Yeah. I mean, he had some very good years. Yeah. Stats. (laughs) He's like Dave Craig. (laughs) It's like, yeah, he threw for 30 touchdowns one game, one season or something, Yeah, you know, or Fitzpatrick threw for 31 touchdowns one season. Yeah. 
he's a little more gifted than Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I'm saying like, for whatever reason, Blake Griffin is, is he getting four boards a game right now. 4.7 in this past season. That's nonsense. It's very, very bad for a power forward, especially an athletic one and a tall one. Um, he has no excuses not to be getting like eight rebounds a game right now. So, uh, you know, I actually think LaFrance should probably, I originally had LaFrance, but okay. I figured I didn't want to have two Kansas guys back to back. Okay. So I went with Blake Griffin at 10. Okay. There it is. I w- if he had more success in the tournament or in the, as a, as a player on a team, their teams weren't very good. If, if memory serves me correct. I think that's, that's definitely a valid point. It, it was less of a factor in where I ranked him, but uh, I have ranked guys higher based on how many years they stay. And but I just feel, feel like college basketball, if went. you're good enough, you're going to get into the tournament. That's true. I feel like they were deep. Did they really fucking miss the tournament? I feel like they did with Capel because Capel got fired right after him. Jeez. Maybe one year they made it. I don't know. I don't recall. Okay. But give me your number nine power forward college basketball. My number nine power forward was also a number one draft pick. Um, not that Corliss Williamson was, but Blake Griffin was. Um, he did not have nearly the uh, pro career that everyone hoped he would. But that is one Joe Smith. Hey, he made my list. All right. Uh, had two very good years at Maryland. Uh, 20 and 11 and 21 and 11. Can't argue with those stats. Yep. And they did make the tournament. I know they did. Gary Williams years. He was money. Um, I agree that that's, that's a great, uh, is he the best Maryland basketball player to ever play there? Len bias, but I say, yeah. Okay. You got Steve Francis maybe after that. Yeah. Remember Chris Wilcox. What a bust. Yeah. What about uh Blake? Uh, Steve Blake was good. Juan Dixon. They won a national championship. They were tough. Yeah. Um, my number nine is I have Joe Smith. And he's a little bit higher. Okay. But my number nine is a guy that had some money stats that probably you can make an argument that should be higher. Okay. I'm talking Thomas Robinson. Wow. From Kansas. Talk about one of my favorite players I ever watched, but he didn't even come close to making my list, but that his year that he was, uh, what he ended up getting drafted number five. He had great stats too. By man. Sacramento. Yeah. yeah, he did for one year. He did. Um, this is a dude that clearly, you know, from a physical standpoint has all the tools to be an NBA all-star, uh, six ten two forty, um, <laughs> running around huge Sorry, vertical bless you Corona coronavirus. <laughs> um, played along, so played on a really good team, which gobbled up some of his, uh, minutes, but he was good for 18 and 12, his junior year before he got drafted. So you got a bag of cash to go to Kansas. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. He's my number nine. Um, he was nasty. There was a lot to choose from, from Kansas. I'll put it like that. There was, yeah. let me, let me tell you what, this is how much of an idiot I am, you know, so take into consideration everything I'm saying and throw it out the fucking window. After you hear this, when the wizards were drafting and they had the number three pick that year, I wanted them to take Thomas Robinson. And I was unsure about Bradley Beal. <laughs> How'd that one work out? I think Robinson's been averaging like, yeah, Three points per game during his career. Beal now the number two scorer in the league. Take what I'm saying but, with the greatest. Let's be people. honest. Stats can overrate how good Bradley Beal is. Yeah, Bradley Beal is not nearly as good as his stats would make you believe he is. Yeah, I mean he's still way better than Thomas Robinson. I'm not arguing that. Yeah, but uh, 
<laughs> Gracias, amigo. When you um, are, I mean, Thomas Robinson kind of got screwed as a pro. They started kicking him around the league like during his first season. He got yeah. traded. Yeah, yeah, but he was a beast. Give me your number eight. Um, number eight was a dude from around here. Um, had himself a stellar career, I believe, was a national champion. That is your boy, Edward O'Bannon. Yes, he was beast, but he did ruin the NCAA college football games, that bastard. Now, was he the... Uh, He's the guy who sued and won like $1,000. <laughs> to spoil it for everyone? Yeah. Three great years, um, 17 and 7, 18 and 9, and 20 and 8, um, including a national championship. Consensus. He was money that All year. American uh, tournament, most valuable player. And by the way, if you're listening to this, check out a sports scaling podcast the interview with Steve Lavin, his college coach. Um, great interview we had with coach Lavin. Great to get him on. But yes, uh, Ed O'Bannon higher on my list as well. Wooden award winner. Yeah. Yep. So uh, my number eight or nine, no eight is a guy. And I think he would have gotten the stats are a little bit misleading because I think he would have gotten more points had he not been on a team that was loaded. I think your number uh, eight is probably my number seven. And my guy's Elton brand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Elton brand, uh, 13 points and 17.7, basically 18 points. Um, 18 and 10 is senior year or his sophomore yeah. year. I should say. And once again, uh, only shooting the ball 10 times a game. Yeah. So 62% from the field. Dude, he was dominant. He's one of the most dominant in our lifetime. And you could argue that he's probably should be higher. But like I said, th- th- that team was so loaded. Yeah. So loaded. He didn't need to do anything. He could have averaged eight points and they would have won. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was a consensus all American. He, he won the wooden award, um, but uh, he wasn't even the highest drafted player on his team. Yeah, dude, that team was, that, that's like the best Duke team since the 90. The yeah. 90 Duke yeah. Team. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's between them. Some of uh, Calipari's most recent Kentucky teams and the early nineties, uh, Duke teams that are probably vying for the best team ever. And honestly, those uh, Calipari well, well, teams, don't you uh, dare well, skip in our lifetime. Those UNLV running rebels. Fair enough. Or the fab five, right? You say fab five, fab five was great, but you got to win one to, to be in that conversation. Ooh, Sorry. I don't care how close you got. Um, okay. So I have Elton brand there. You have Elton brand there. So it's back on me. Uh, yeah. Okay, so Elton Brand was my number seven. So yeah, who do you got at your number seven? Um, I gave it to Joe Smith. Okay, so we're kind of just trading Joes here. Well, Brand probably deserves to be higher than Smith because Brand won a national championship. Did he win one, or he at least went to one? Uh, did, did UConn beat them that year? He did not win a national yeah. championship. But I don't know. Joe Smith probably got to like what Sweet Sixteen and then lost. Remember? Yeah, they lost to like Steve Nash and Santa Clara, maybe. Memory serves me correct. Pulling, pulling deep from the well there, buddy. Um, anyway, um, I got, I got Joe Smith at seven. Him and Brand are kind of interchangeable, but when you see how many shots Brand shoots, you're like, damn, maybe you should be a lot higher. Guy didn't yeah. shoot much. Yeah. 10, 10.5 yeah. shots a game. Uh, I would be interested to see how that compares to some of the other stars of the time. I know, uh, Glenn Robinson was shooting like 25 yeah, shots. Yeah. Per game. 
So, um, okay. Let's cut down to then your number seven, my friend. Or my number six. Uh, yeah. Your number six. Sorry. Yep. My number six is, uh, let me see. Tell me we have the same number six. I believe the only one year player on my list. Um, he is an NCAA champion. He was the wooden award winner, um, player of the year, etc. Um, average, not amazing stats, but well, one amazing stat. He had 14.2 points, 10.4 blocks and, or uh, 10.4 rebounds and 4.7 blocks. Oof. This is your boy, Anthony Davis. Didn't make my list because wow. of the one year NCAA champion. He probably, probably should. He stood out. He definitely stood out. Yeah. Didn't make my list and I didn't call All him right. the honorable mention. Well, uh, well, we know Colby isn't, isn't a big fan of these one year guys in case yeah, you, you were know, wondering, it's, they don't stick in your memory long enough. That's true. So my number six is a guy in chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. This guy was electric to watch in college. And actually I thought he was going to be, he had a better pro career than I thought he was going to be. This guy's way higher on my list. Okay. Uh, I thought I thought that he was going to have a if he I thought he was kind of a tweener. Yeah. I didn't know how he'd fit in the program, and he actually yeah. had a decent pro career. Much but he was better a than tweener in the pros too. Well, the game was changing. Basketball was changing. He would have he would have been fine right now. I think. You think it would have been fine in the nineties? Because I think that's where he probably would have got really. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, he was in the nineties, right? Are I mean, we talking what, about the same I, guy here? Are we talking Antoine Jameson? Yeah. Yeah. What year is he drafted? Like 99, 98, I think 97, 98. Yeah. He had a better. uh, Yeah. I mean, I guess I got to give it to him. He was on the warriors. They were horrible for a while. Putting up good stats though. I think he had two 50 point outings. I think there. Yeah. I mean, he had a much better. I'm going to give him his due. He had a much better career than I thought he would in the pros, but in college, he was very electric, very fun to watch. He didn't have as good a career as I thought he would in the pros. Really? Cause I thought his game was not going to go. I thought he was going to have trouble translating, but I thought he was a struggle with the jump shot in college. And I thought like, man, he's going to need that in the pros. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think he had the size and the athleticism as far as I was like Vince Carter was the afterthought on that team. You know, Anton that, Jameson. No, oh, in college, Jameson was, was way star. better than, than, but that, but I thought heading to the pros. Yeah. I mean, he was the national, yeah. uh, Naismith award, wooden award, rep award, mm-hmm. two time consensus, all American, you know, he was, uh, he was the best player in college basketball. His his yeah. uh, junior year. Yeah, everyone was um, trying to watch it. Twenty two point two points, ten point five rebounds. Mm. I mean, that's after a career. He averaged nineteen and ten for over a three year period. Yeah, he fucking killed it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's higher on my list. All right, get me with your number five then. Uh, my number five is a guy that isn't going to get me laughed at right now. But you know what? That, uh, that's something I'm okay with. And and <laughs> it doesn't mean I like the guy. It doesn't mean okay. I dislike the guy. Yeah. It just means I think he's probably due a little bit of credit for what he did. And that's Tyler Hansbro. Mm. Didn't make my list. Didn't make your list. I don't put birds on my list. I'm just, <laughs> he looks like a bird. At times. Four time consensus. Uh, he was good. All American. Hey, people can talk a lot of shit. He's playing national ball in China right now too. Was he really a four time consensus? All American. Mm. That's incredible. Mm. Four seasons. His average over You're four making seasons. A strong point that needs to be on my list. Was twenty point two points that. and eight point six rebounds. Uh, an absolute beast. 
ended up being the national the problem player is, of the year. Is the rest, I feel so great with the rest of mine too. I can't bump somebody. Well, you know, that's, can't what, do it. that's what's fun about this, but Tyler hands, he won a championship. He did. That's right. He was national player of the year. Four-time All-American, oh, and he won a champion. List. I think yeah. I'd had to. What do you want? You know what I'll do is I'll knock out Blake Griffin and I'll put Tyler Hansborough there because you, you can't four times. I mean, four. He's got to be better than Blake Griffin. It wasn't college. But four Blake Griffin wasn't even making the tournament. All-American. Yeah. Jeez. Here, Hansborough just won. I'm writing it in right now. You win. All uh, right. I made, I made you change it up. Made me now, change Psycho it up. Psycho T is an easy one to bump because as effective as he was. There's something very annoying about him. <laughs> I think that's what ended up getting him punched in the face all the time. Is he the Leitner of, of North Carolina? He is. Yeah. That's his role. <laughs> yeah. Um, my number five is a guy that we just talked about from Westwood, California. Yeah. Uh, well, he's not from Westwood, California, but that's where he played college ball. Ed O'Bannon. This guy was a monster, especially that year. You go back and watch those games from that year, which I actually did because I had to edit some clips for Steve Lavin's interview. Nope. He was pretty fucking unstoppable. He, uh, bad pro career. And I actually thought I had, I, you know, I'll, I'll, this is one that I'm wrong on too. I didn't think he was going to be great in the pros, but I thought it'd be serviceable for a while. How did he do in the pros? Struggled. I think he hurt the knee again though, but he went to the nets. Never good to go to the Nets. Yeah. And uh usually career suicide. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like going to the Bengals. Yeah. Um, but he definitely struggled. His game struggled. And I you know what? And I, I knew that he might transit like I knew that he didn't have like a three ball and I didn't know how quick he was. Well, you want to talk about being the type of dude that uh it lends the West Coast its reputation as being soft. You know? Yeah, O'Bannon. Yeah. I think that he got to the NBA and you talk about it being in an era where had, you can't survive. I like think he we, had a knee injury too, though. Okay. To be fair. Yeah. To, to be fair. How did, let me, let me see if I can pull up his, he was on the nets and I think the blazers pro stats. Right? Yeah. He had a tough, tough run in the pros, uh, four years averaging, uh, five points and 1.6 rebounds mm. or 2.5 rebounds. I should say, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough man. for a national player of the year. You, uh, you hope for better, but you know what? Knees are fickle things, and well, new, and he was kind of a tweener too. Nets. Yeah, he was he kind was. of a tweener, so kind of that's why I thought I thought he'd stick around. I didn't. I never thought he'd be like an all star, but yeah. I thought like maybe you could get eight, nine, ten years out of him. He'd be yeah. key role player on the team, never starting, but like seventh, eighth man. I mean, could, he had the size. Like he, if his game could have been, if he could have had like a the game of a three, you yeah. know, yeah, but six eight two twenty two. It's not quite power forward size, especially at that time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, didn't quite have the game for it. All right. Give me your number four, my number four. If my computer stops dragging ass, that's a guy we've already talked about. That's Blake Griffin. Mm. Again, I put him as high based sheerly on athleticism and, and the fact that everyone wanted to watch him. Yeah. Like that's one that everyone's like, I need to watch this kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Feel bad. That's one of those ones where you but feel you bad feel for like the brother. When you compare that, like I just deleted him for Hansborough. <laughs> I mean, because when you when you rattle off Hansborough's yeah numbers, yeah, and, and you know four four time nominee, and yeah. you're like, whoa. The thing about Hansborough is you, it's different than Griffin because you knew Hansborough's ceiling, like athletically. But I knew Tommy Frazier wasn't going to play in the NFL. Yeah, but he was the best college quarterback. He was unstoppable. Yeah. But even still, Tommy Frazier, I mean, I guess you have to give it. It, it wasn't that Hansborough was completely dominant 
like Frazier was. Yeah. Hansborough was just the best at his position all four years, but he was very good. Yeah. You know, he was, he was yeah. the, the front man on what could have been a national championship team. Yeah. I think they, did they win one with him? With no, Hansborough? he did. Yeah. yeah I think they, they did. Was. So yeah. there you go. Um, but as far as like pro, pro upside, yeah. Blake Griffin yeah. certainly had more of that. Uh, he's proven that in the pros. Um, so that's, I don't know how, uh, <laughs> if that's a good reason to put him as high as I did, but I did it. So fuck you. Um, <laughs> college is hard, bro. Yeah. Especially for, for, for basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number four, I'm going to take you to salt Lake city on a guy that was magical in college. Keith van Horn. I almost put this guy at two. Wow. Because I remember this guy taking over. He took him to the final four. You know what? I think uh, really uh, screwed my Van Horn uh, image up. What's that? Is coming out in the same classes as Timmy D. As Timmy D. Yeah. yeah. Um, dude, Van Horn was an animal. It took him to the final four. I remember. I think he hit th- two or three game winners in a row in, in, in at one point. Yeah. That's amazing. Great stats. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. 21 and nine average over four years. Yeah. That's a fucking beast. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> he should probably be number one for me. I mean, statistically, two. he's yeah. right up there. Yeah. So Keith Van Horn. And it's not you, like you didn't have him in your top 10. Did you? They were mountain West back then. Right? Yeah. No, I said he was uh, my first off my number 11 Ooh. honorable mention. Ooh. And look again, I, my, my reasoning for that. Uh, Cause I think Van Horn's better than Hansborough. That may be, but look, let me be honest with you. What's that? Didn't see enough of Van Horn. Okay. That's fair. Didn't see ACC enough of in North Carolina, or are you going to watch Rick Majerus? And back then in the nineties, it was actually a challenge to try to find a Utah basketball game growing up in the East coast. Yeah, exactly. So you got something there, even though I know you're truly full of shit. Uh, <laughs> hit me with your number three power forward of all time in college basketball during your lifetime. My number three that I watched that was a true absolute dominant force. Um, was a guy from stores, Connecticut mm. one, Danielle Marshall higher on my list. All right. Wow. All right. Met him was not very kind to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic stats. Not a very kind human being, not me. a good guy, but I wish him the best. It was just one encounter. <laughs> you, you, you never, never know, know who's a dick. Well, you know, although it, you can often think, think about that guy who I just hit his wife in the head with a football. He thought he's probably like Colby Dant. That's a fucking asshole. Yeah. You know what? Did, tell me your Danielle Marshall story. I was in Vegas. Yeah. NBA all-star weekend. Yeah. And we're at a club, me and Kyle. Yeah. And there's all these celebrities there. I mean, yeah. fucking Busta Rhymes, LL Cool J. Yeah. Ray Allen. Yeah. Um, so everyone cares about all these other, you know, big names. Yeah, everyone's trying to. Nobody has any idea that Danielle Marshall's sitting next to the bar or at the bar. Yeah. Except me. Yeah. And I go, dude, that's fucking Daniel Marshall, man. And I had his Jersey, bro. Yeah. I was a fan, yeah. a big fan in college. So I thinking like, dude, he, he'll dig this because everyone else is getting all the other attention. Yeah. So me and Kyle go up to the bar. I'm like right next to him. Mm-hmm. And I put my, my, I'm like, I, I'm like Daniel Marshall. Mm-hmm. Right. And I go, dude, I was a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and I reach, it was very, very, uh, Garnett like. Yeah. My Garnett experience. Yeah. Um, but I, I went like, I think I put the arm on the shoulder thing. Yeah. He took it down. 
He's get that, get that the fuck and off me. And basically, he's just saying, yeah, he's something to like get the fuck out away from me or some shit like that. Really? So he, it, it, maybe he didn't say it. It was gestured. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, uh. Um. So it wasn't very friendly. Yeah. And I thought, like, even Kyle sitting there's like, dude, this guy's barely in the NBA right now. <laughs> I mean, this wasn't when he was averaging. This isn't like '94. Right. I'm talking. This is like a guy who was like the 12th man on a fucking roster. Right. You know what I mean? He's it's like, like I'm too big for you. What the fuck, man? So, Daniel Marshall. He's still higher on my list. See, Danielle, I didn't even penalize you for this. See, there's a man with class Mm -hmm. right there. Uh, Danielle Marshall, his senior year or his junior, I guess it was incredible numbers, 25 and nine. Yeah. He was with 3.3 blocks to go with it. Mm. Mm. Jeez. A complete dominant force. I had thought, how did they do in the tournament? Did they win one with him? They did not. Final four? Maybe. Was oh. Ray Allen on his team one year? I feel like they were. They had to carry over some of those years, 90, right? 91 through 94. I don't know. I think Allen got drafted in 96. Maybe there was a little crossover there. I feel like they were really yeah. good. I'm surprised he didn't win one. But um, Okay. So my, that's my number three. Yours. My number three is Chris Weber. Ooh, a little higher on mine. Didn't win a championship? No, he did not. Cost his team the championship, you would you you would argue by calling timeout, which look, that could happen to anybody. Yeah. Um, but I'll say this, he, he had great stats, but I think Danielle Marshall was more impactful in college to me. I can you I am I don't mind that argument. So I do have Danielle Marshall higher, and I have somebody else higher, but Chris Weber shouldn't be upset with number three. He was great. He was great. Uh he definitely traveled. So people that argue about the timeout, he traveled right before it anyway. They were going to lose if the refs were honest. Yeah. <laughs> they were doing their job. Yeah. It would have never gotten to that timeout. It was gigantic travel. It has nothing to do with the timeout. Yeah. Okay. Um, that said, that Michigan team, probably the most fun thing that ever are, happened in college basketball. Are they the Buffalo Bills of college basketball? <laughs> like the best team to never win at all? Maybe. Probably right. I mean that team, the Duke two thousand team. Though they got didn't lost that Kentucky team win like their first like thirty seven games or some shit, and then, oh, they, and then they lost to, to Wisconsin. Wisconsin yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, but that was there's like, a few that stand out. I think. Yeah. Um. They were just so much fun though. Even even as a kid, I remember like they were the coolest. They were like Deion Sanders level of just like this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, but uh. Yeah, Chris Webber and I got never got it done, but he is higher on my list. So, so hit me with your number two then. My number two, we've already talked about him. Webber, your number mm, one. He is. Wow. Yeah. My number two is Anton Jameson. Okay, fair, fair yeah, enough. I just uh, when I saw him at UNC, I said that guy's amazing. I had a dream of him and Tim Duncan playing together in the pros. They it probably wouldn't have won a championship because Jameson didn't turn out to be a great pro. He was a good pro, but yeah, he was. But at that time, the basketball being played in the state of North Carolina was incredible. Yeah. Um, and Jameson really jumped out as a dude that could board and, uh, could fly. Like I said, I, I think I mentioned this recently, his average time of like, uh, possessing the ball over the course of a game was like a minute and a half and he'd be scoring 20 points. It's, it's like the dude would just catch alley-oops all game, you yeah. know? So maybe, maybe that's just my teenage mind being super impressed by that. Yeah. 
Anyway. Well, it is Teenage Wasteland when referring to you, my friend. That's, See that's the story of my life. That's true. Uh, my number two is a guy by the name of Corliss Williamson. Um, and I almost had him number one because he, the fact he got to this, to the cha- to the championship twice and was the best player on that team. Yeah. I actually had him number one until about 15 minutes ago. Gotcha. And I thought, nah, Danielle's stats are just better. Gotcha. But if you're going back out, you're going back and forth here. Corliss Williams was a meathead. And he was a tweener. And I think well, I he judged also him won on an it. NBA championship on the Detroit Pistons. How much of a role did he have? He was a solid role player. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of what I envisioned Ed O'Bannon would be. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean Williams can stuck around for, yeah, he was yeah. going to get you a basket in the post. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. the offensive game was a little bit polished. He was, he was strong as hell. Yeah. So Corliss Williamson, um, Grabs that number two spot. Dude, I mean, he was the best player in the country at the time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so. How do you argue with it? Yeah. And number one, you have Weber. I have Chris Weber. And I have Danielle Marshall. There it is. Who I gave him number one, even though he told me to go fuck myself. (laughs) (laughs) Keynote here, if more athletes told me to go fuck myself, I'd rate them higher. There you go. Right? Colby was, uh, (laughs) Colby's like a chick that like, (laughs) the more you beat her, the the more she loves you. (laughs) Jeez. Oh man. Uh, hope this one doesn't come back to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't partake in that kind of activity. Let me tell you what, maybe emotionally, yeah. but not physically. <laughs> All right. Uh, look, I am going to read an ad and then you're going to tell me your top 10 college. All right. Yeah. I mean, NFL, NBA, cause this is where the real argument starts. Yeah. 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 Um, Guys, I want you to check out Madden Mayhem, which I am announcing every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Thursday through Sunday. We're giving away $10,000 in my bookie credits for the best brackets. You can bet on all the games, including live wagering, prop bets, futures, and much more available at mybookie.ag. Games airing Thursday through Sunday. Now, like I mentioned, starting 5 o'clock Pacific time, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 o'clock East, and then the next one will be at around 7 Two games a night. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Madden for all the details. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Madden for all the details. There's live lines. You can bet all this stuff. It's fun, guys. Having a ton of fun with that stuff. Oh, it's good times, man. We're done with that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for Madden Mayhem tomorrow. We got another NFL former pro bowler. Going to hop on the line, hopefully. Boom. If all works out scheduling-wise, we're pl- we have it penciled in. Just waiting for the confirmation. They're rolling. It's rolling. Nick Rolovich. We had speaking of rolling. Hello. We had Mr. Nick Rolovich, uh, Washington state head coach, former Hawaii head coach. I posted some clips of Nick Rolovich at Hawaii. And I don't know if you remember this. I posted on sports Nick Rolovich played number eight BYU in the final game of the season before the bowls. I yeah. think it was Threw for 500 yards and eight, t- eight touchdowns. Damn. With June Jones and whooped the shit out of the eighth best team in the country. Crazy. Nick Rolovich, my friend, also he beat David Carr. Rolling, also beat David David Carr in college. Former also, number one at draft pick. Also beat Ben Roethlisberger in college. Wow. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. I'm excited to see what he does at Wazoo. Check that interview out. We also had Joe Theismann. Theismann interviews awesome. That's my favorite interview. I think we've ever done. Man. Yeah, we've had He's Bill a Burr. Dude, man, we've had all these other guys. You I know. told you. I don't know if I told the people this. I'll have to get stories from my mom about it, but. uh when Thysman was playing for the Redskins back in the day, my mom was a waitress at Dulles airport and uh, the Redskins Redskins park was right next to the airport. So they would always be rolling over and grabbing drinks. And uh, 
she met Sonny and Sam and all them, but uh, and Theismann, she said, was like a little whippersnapper at the time. I think it probably must have been early seventies, right when he first got there. Yeah, and he was just like, you know, but you could tell Theismann, that guy is what seventy. You said, yeah, and he sounds like he's got the energy of like a twenty year old. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. Very awesome interview. And also how about like, to me, fuck all this other stuff, the quarterback position. That's the last true quarterback in America, bro. Uh, Joe Theismann, the last, I mean, maybe LA. Doug Flutie. Oh, yeah. it was quarterback, yeah. <laughs> but Theismann is in that breed of dude. Last of Rocco one bar face mask in NFL history. Non kicker punter. Yeah. He forever return punts and return in the top half of the league yardage wise. Yeah, he would, that dude was an athlete. Dude, the more I dive into this guy's life and career, the more I'm like, I think I love this dude. I put up a clip of him laying a great fucking block on a Joe. He does a pitch to Joe Washington. Yeah. Joe Washington kind of gets coughed up a little bit, on the, or not coughed up, blocked up a little bit, stuffed up. Yeah. So it goes reverse his side of the field, comes back. Theisman lays out a nice Theisman block. instead of fucking, you know, wimping out or doing yeah. this or that, Theisman goes up and runs right through the dude's legs. And he's a football player though. A yeah. lot of times nowadays, I feel like the quarterback's not even a football player. Yeah. He's just on the field dishing. Yeah. Shit you out. could put, you could put Theismann in several positions. You probably dude, put him out of wide out. You saw in the clip too, on the fake punt that the Cowboys run, he comes and makes the tackle. Yeah. Like that's a football player. I mean, I love it. The yeah. more I dive into this guy's career, I fucking love it, dude. Oh yeah. Shout out to Joe Theismann, man. He's got a book coming out in August. I mean, not August, June. I mean, June, uh, I'll, I'll promote it on the, on the Instagram. I forget what exact day. Joey T. Is he Notre Dame's greatest quarterback? I mean, you think I'm going to, you think I'm going to take Joe Montana over Joe Theismann? <laughs> I, I like Joe Montana too, though. I have nothing. You like, I've never hated Joe Montana. I actually didn't mind those Niner teams. Yeah. Well, our, our nickname for our family that we had for him I know. as kids. I remember Joe overrated, right? Joe overrated. Yeah. yeah. And it's exactly what you're saying. It's the, the special treatment by the league. I think he was kind of part of the uh, impetus to soften the game a little bit and, and Walsh's Niners, you know, and at, after Leonard Marshall did that, you think, you think that was a I catastrophic was moment in, happening before that even, but you know, you know, you know, the NFL had to be pissed if, Oh yeah. But here's the thing is I don't think the NFL ever looked at it like an agenda, like the NBA, the yeah. NBA had a lawyer, yeah, a former lawyer and running like, its league. If we can give Jordan a second to yeah. repeat, yeah. that's about all anyone will be able to tolerate, but it'll be so much imagine? money. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Now we're going to argue. Cause I, I, you know, uh, on these things, I'll be honest. I love college basketball every day of the week. It's not even close to me. Yeah. I think it's my favorite sport going currently college basketball. Yeah. Because there's at least there's a reward at the end, not this season. College normally. football is still better than college basketball. There's no reward. I just know the players better. I don't care about knowing the players. I do. All right. Well, I need fine. a personal connection. And so I, as I dive in more, maybe I'll get more of that with college basketball, but I do have that with college football. Anyway, though, I was going to make the point that I have more fun with the NBA uh, top 10 list Yeah, because it's so much more easy to debate. And, uh, and also college basketball, with 300 teams, it makes it really challenging over 30 years of watching the sport. Yeah. And because the, game of basketball in college is played as a team more, whereas but, uh, yeah. individualized in the NBA. Yeah. And even, so, but make it even harder too, is the NBA is completely a different sport than it was in the nineties. Yeah. So it and makes the players it, aren't yeah. staying anymore. It, it's, it's crazy to me, but with that said, Oh, but you're talking about the NBA. 
Yeah. Although I think the power forward position, Oh no, the power forward has changed. The stretch, the stretch maybe. four is yeah. It's, it's a different well, you got position a couple entirely. I'm just like, Whoa, that's so. true. Give me your number 10 NBA power forward. I think we're going to have vastly different lists here. Mm. Mm. My number 10 power forward of all times. We've already kind of touched on this cheated a little bit and touched on this pre episode, but let's start the debate, buddy. My number 10 is Sean Kemp. (laughs) Uh, Look at muddy. Even mud. I've trained him. I've trained him not to not like that one. (laughs) All right. He knows bullshit when he, when he hears it. Okay. So now Sean Kemp, a lot of uh, what put Sean Kemp in there is not necessarily the statistics, although he was, uh, you know, a, a, a good stat guy. He was good for what I'm going to look this up over the course of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. He was good for 18 and 10. Let me ask you this. You would agree that he his best years were in Seattle, correct? Absolutely. Who were the best power forwards in the West? Uh, I can think Malone. of two, two that were really good. Uh, Duncan. Kemp, I feel like was off the Sonics by the time Duncan. Was, no, you're right. He was. Yeah. Barkley and Barkley, Barkley played yeah. the three slash the four, but yeah. um, I think once again with the center argument, the West can kind of inflate your stats a little bit. Sure. When you're playing, uh, you know, against and, and, you know, maybe this is just me from my memory, but I'm saying like, who is the power forward on, uh, I mean, Otis Thorpe was, I guess on, on the Houston? Rockets. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's not a diss to Otis Thorpe. I think he's actually kind of a junkyard dog. Mm-hmm. So if, if that's one that actually, I think you'd have to earn your buckets. Yeah. But if I'm sure if we went team by team, like, Okay, if we go to uh, the Clippers that were in the West, who the fuck was their power forward? I don't even know. Tony Massenberg, maybe. What was what was Vaught? He was a uh, he was a three or four. Three or four. Yeah. I think he played, played most of it at four. Boy, Vaught had a decent little. He player. wasn't bad, man. But you got to someone's got to shoot the ball on that team. Yeah, that's true. Um, they were a very very bad team. Uh, who was Cliff Robinson? Maybe, but he was a three more so. He was like a six ten three. He's kind of like a Derek McKee. Yeah. Who would you say was the power forward on the Blazers in the mid nineties? I think you gotta go. But I mean, Buck Williams was at the end of his career, maybe. So I'm gonna say Buck Williams. Okay. But he was at the he was long in the tooth, man. Buck Williams was a baller in his day. Yeah. But he was long in his tooth. I'll take your point. I'll take your point for what it was. Yeah, I'm Buck saying, Williams old. I'm shit. saying when you go up against in, when you look at the East. I mean, it's not like he played every game of the season against the West. I know, but you get a lot of them. You get more of it. You probably get two thirds of it. And the style of ball that was going on in the West certainly allows for a little more. Yes. And like Charles Oakley, uh, fucking Kemp had tried to pike in his face. Then Oakley would have punched him back. Well, And another thing is Barkley spent some of those years in on the East. Yeah. So all the way until 93. Yeah, that's true. Kemp had the power forward position in the West pretty much all to himself. Uh, oh, uh, Carmelo. Yeah, Malone was the one. Yeah. Um, but my my thing is is on the East when you're playing Rodman, Oakley, uh, Johnson, Willis. I just uh, Dale Davis. I feel like yeah. you're just bat. You're banging every night, man. Yeah, Those you're banging against taking dudes. shit. So, fair point. Fair point. That said, um, Sean Kemp was a comic book character. He if 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 there was a a, a him and, living him and Blake Griffin. 
are very similar to me. Yeah. Blake Griffin's a little more polished. Blake Griffin's a little stiffer. He's just like a little more like I'll jump higher and throw it down on your head. Whereas Sean Kemp was like, I'm going to like be a slithery mother. He's He's uh, Venom, you know, in Spider-Man. Yeah. Like that's Sean Kemp. He's like some monster that. My number 10, and I've argued this my whole life, so I've been well prepared for this argument. Okay. Larry Johnson is better than Sean Kemp. I actually think I'm giving, I'm giving due to a little bit of stats here. Yeah. Because I actually think he's better than a couple other forwards on this list. Sure. But I know for sure, in my mind, he's better than Sean Kemp. Well, he certainly had more game than him. I think at his peak, he was uh, certainly a higher scorer, a better rebounder. Uh, he just didn't hold it for as long because he was injured. And so there's where the balance comes in. But he also, when he went to the Knicks, I think he's still very well capable of scoring more, but I pass for like, I shouldn't say a pass for his point guard, but I feel like a, a guy that was very unselfish. Definitely. And he only shot nine shots a game on the, on the Knicks, on the Knicks. for the most part. Yeah. Like I mean, one year he shot more. He than never even shot 17 shots a game in his entire career. He was early on in his second year. He was still developing into a, the player that he was going to be was good for 22 and 11, his yeah. second year in the league, 22 yeah. and 10 and a half. So he had gotten 11 rebounds the year before. So, you know, you project that to where like the typical uh, prime would be, you know, and that was him at 23, give him three or four more years. He's probably a 27 and 12 guy. He's you know? like the Bo Jackson of basketball to me. He, he, well, he's like Zion Williamson. He's yeah, like, but Zion Williamson didn't get injured. I'm saying like we, Bo Jackson is when we sit there and I, I don't think anyone ever thought he would have been number one running back ever, but I think people would say, Whoa, yeah. I would love to see those highlights and that explosion over a 10 year career. Yeah. I feel like Larry Johnson is that equivalent in, right. in, in the NBA. Got, got snubbed for sure. And I I'll, mentioned another guy that got, I agree with too. that. And not only, but Larry Johnson is special because he was able to adjust his game and still be a very relevant player. Yeah. That, you know, he was, some... he never played backup his whole career. Really? Never played a backup. So, but, but my thing that's is that's true. He never averaged less than 32 minutes a game. Yeah. It's fucking impressive. Well, that's because uh, basketball IQ has to mean something. Yeah. Larry Johnson and Van Gundy will say this to this day. I, I saw an interview where he said the most unselfish player he's ever coached in his life was Larry Johnson. Yeah. And to me, that means something. He goes to the Knicks where you got Spreewell, uh, Allen Houston, Ewing, and they're all demanding their shots. Well, you have this other star that came there too. And he was shooting, he was averaging 20 a game the last season in Charlotte. Yeah. But he's like, yo, I'm cool. You know what? I'm glad you're making this point for me. Why? Right. Because I'm going to make this point later. What's that? Is there is a true value in a player. Now I want to make it on another podcast. A true value in a player <laughs> that is able to share the ball, mm, right? Mm. And contribute. I, I know where this is going. <laughs> to a championship team. And so I think uh, each of our favorite players of all time share that uh, particular trait. And it and I think it hurts both of their uh, their Stats, legacies. Yeah. yeah. I'll say this though too is that. I think any coach, if you were to ask them minus George Carl, probably mm-hmm. for one game or one series, if they had a power forward to choose between Barkley, I mean, between LJ and Kemp. Yeah. They would choose LJ with the injury. Yeah. That's fair. It's fair. I am just saying, and, and I mean, let's see here. Let's see from a stati- Kemp average four turnovers a game standpoint Four turnovers a game for his career. He, no, uh, his best year, I believe. Um, uh, now I'm going to look at that, Larry Johnson. That's, that's a fucking wild animal. You have a wild animal who can dunk and get fans excited, but also with the game on the line, do you want Sean Kemp shooting a shot for you? I, I, I certainly don't. 
I would much rather have Detlef Schramm, Gary Payton, or Hersey Hawkins shoot that shot. That's absolutely true. And uh, you know, part of part of what makes Kemp makes make my list and shouldn't is has to do with what he was able to do with an with a crowd that was already like primed to be raucous. Like yeah. they're like Seattle's crowd used to be like, that was a fun team to watch. They're dude. like Oklahoma city's yeah. crowd. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. it's funny that that franchise has been able to go to two different cities and have yeah. probably the craziest fans yeah. in the league. Yeah. But, but um, man, and then having him do that shit, it's like when Rushbrook would be going crazy in OKC, yeah. get the fans fucking going crazy. And so, you know, and, and actually Kemp is like a, a junior Westbrook in terms of like, Okay, this guy's gonna get you fucking pumped up. Kemp is, could you say like the Sean Taylor of the NBA? Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a great comparison. Yeah, you know, although I think Sean Taylor may have developed into a uh, a player that wasn't a complete head case liability. Yeah. yeah, but he wasn't when he was playing. You know, I mean, he was still like Sean Taylor. From what I remember on the Redskins, was a, a very dynamic player, but at the same time. When he got beat, he got fucking beat. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was like, not afraid to take a risk. Yeah. In fact, that's all he did was that take could a be risk. a pain in the ass from a defensive coordinator at times. Yeah. It and also for be the great. teammates yeah. and shit. Yeah. Be like, dude, just fucking do your job. Stop trying to make a highlight. Yeah. Like there's no stat for, uh, so I'll be honest. I don't have, your I don't have Kemp in my top 10 because I think like that's one that you watch the highlights of and you're like, Oh my God, he's one of the greatest ever. But and yeah. I, and you look at four turnovers a game during his best year. And I'm like, it's a fucking black hole. You know what I mean? Like he's going to bounce the ball. Now you, yeah, you put up a couple good dunks, just an animal. Yeah. And I have nothing personally against the guy. Cause I was very fun to watch. Yeah. But I just think overall, give me, I actually think I have other ones past him that I would rather have Sean Kemp. A decent rebounder in his very best year. Good for 20 and 11. Yeah. That's, uh, LJ was better than that in his best year. That's true. He was good for 22 and yeah, almost 11. So uh, there you go. LJ, uh, way better passer. Look at the stats. Way better pass. Sean Kemp didn't ever pass the ball, essentially. Sean Kemp, uh, he did have a peak of turning the ball over, but it wasn't always that bad. When he went to the Cavs and got fat. <laughs> He's like, guess what? I don't need, I don't have the ball anymore, so I can't turn yeah. it over anymore. <laughs> uh, okay. Go to number nine, but I'll argue that all day. And I argued it in the nineties with fans. Or you know, I like that you're arguing. Yeah. I almost picked Kemp specifically to make you argue because <laughs> I do think Larry Johnson, you're right. Is absolutely a player. I would want, I think certainly you with would the choose, game in my hand. Yeah. Well, you know, no, I think if you had line. one game tomorrow and you had both in their prime and you had to win this game. Yeah. You I mean, it, pre uh, pre injury, absolutely, Larry Johnson. Yeah. Um, but uh, even post post injury, potentially Larry Johnson. He's better. No, trust me. Okay, He's better. <laughs> uh, go to number nine. My number nine is a guy that uh, finished at the top of my college uh, p- power forwards list. That's Chris Weber. Mm. Um, had a nice little career. See, that's when I argue Larry Johnson's better than two, but we'll get there. The injury. The now Chris Weber being in Sacramento. Uh, Mitch Richmond being an example there. No, he was what Golden State or no? No, he was Sacramento. He was Sacramento too. But he was both. But yeah. going to Sacramento is naturally going to inflate your stats because no one wants to be there, and so someone's got to take the shots. You know, we- Weber was a beast, but he was also uh, talk about a li- like a little bit of a liability defensively. I don't yeah. think people realize because I think one of the more popular things is like, "Whoa, dude, Weber was so good." And I'm like, hey, he might get some block shots or something with his athleticism, but he was a little slow on the defensive feet. Yeah. Chris Weber. Teams uh, kind of take possessions off. I feel like for a dude that looks like he should be a gangster soft. 
Yeah. Surprisingly soft. He had a nice touch though, man. He had a smooth game. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, super skilled, super smooth game. Um, I mean, it, you see it in the, uh, his peak years. See, I, this is one where I couldn't like, I've argued before that Larry Johnson is better than Weber, but I couldn't do it because the stats are backing it up. But even though in yeah. my mind, I'm like, I, I know that if you put Larry Johnson on the Kings, I feel like he would fucking kill yeah, it too. He would have nice Although stats. Although the Hornets weren't too different, but no, but uh, but by the time LJ, yeah, got the Hornets. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. look at uh, you look at Chris Weber's rookie season. He was seventeen and nine, and then twenty and ten. So he was, you know, lower than Larry Johnson was out the gates. Yeah, and then the East, Johnson the gets hurt, and it took Weber a few years, but finally, uh. You know, he gets to his prime here and he's like a 24 and 11 guy for a couple of years there. I mean, he even got to 27 and 11 one year, which is excellent. But again, I take that with a grain of salt. Um, but there were, I mean, the, the year that they were challenging the Lakers, they should have went to the finals. Yeah. They should have went to the finals, man. That was and they really should have won the finals then probably because, because they were probably playing the, all Nets the team, the Lakers played suck. I mean, them. unless they played the Pacers, I don't know which year it was. I have to go back yeah. and dig through that. Cause that Pacers team, I actually think might've beat them. Yeah. That's fair. But, but I'd say that the Sixers and the nets, I'm taking the Kings. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. So especially that Kings team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, my number nine is Pau Gasol. Okay. A little higher on mine. I still would argue. I mean, look, I, the game has changed. Yeah. I think Powell's a fantastic player. Very unselfish. Love is passing. Yeah. But I, I once again, not maybe me being a huge LJ fan, I would like if I'm picking a team for one game. Well, Powell's plays on my list is strictly based, based on, the on numbers. longevity. Yeah. His ceiling is low. He's a great passer too. The Europeans, man, they know how to pass. This dude had like eighteen straight years of like really good. Really good fucking yeah. numbers. Uh, he was a he was a big yeah, he could pass. At one point, he was getting almost like nineteen and twelve, and he was very key on that team that the Lakers won at all, in my opinion. Yeah, like, probably number two on that yeah. team. Yeah, number two, and also at times made the biggest plays in the game. I mean, definitely the number two on that team. Yeah. But yeah, uh, <laughs> who is it that when I mean, they when they won the finals? I, I did not like Powell. I kind of hated him because I hated the Lakers, and he was like a little Euro whiny pussy type. Yeah, but uh. <laughs> He, he Powell went for the breakaway dunk to basically seal the uh, finals, mm-hmm. and some guy came up and bashed him on the back, and it started a fight right before the end of the season. I don't know. That pleased me, <laughs> but I came to be uh, become a fan of Powell after that. So I mean, I, I like his game, and he seems like a humble dude too, man. I, I like Powell yeah. Gasol, even though look, I hated those Laker teams with a passion. Yeah. So, um, Gasol brothers, Mark Gasol seems pretty cool. Mickey yeah. got a picture with him. Uh, they're okay, apparently drinking together and. DC somewhere. Nice. Nice, man. Um, give me your number seven. Then my number eight 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 is a dude that everyone will laugh at me about. Um, but again, a guy that I think deserves a little more credit. Now he's a fucking head case. Um, but he put up numbers. Um, who's that? This is Zach Randolph. Oh, oh. I, you know, and I like, what was his nickname again? Zebo. And he was dealing weed and shit. That was hilarious. <laughs> but dude, he was, he was a very good player. I can't believe you have Randolph over LJ. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't believe what? Randolph over LJ, but I mean, hey. Uh, that's fair. But again, longevity of stats. And look, 
I will say this when it came to playoffs in big games, that dude could play. Right off. I feel like he showed up in some I big mean, games. He, he beat this. I think they beat the Spurs a couple times. He was a fucking head case though at times. Yeah. He would get technicals, get kicked out of games. So. A liability. Yeah. Just but tell me why. Why else? Look at the break down some of those numbers. Well, let me break down these numbers for you here. Okay. Zach Randolph starting in 2002 or 2003, 2004 starts putting up 20 and 10.5. He holds this for, let me count it out for, it's too many seasons to fucking count. It looks like uh, 14 seasons here over a 14 season stretch. He's good for 18 and 10. That's a, that's an incredibly long stretch of being all-star level statistics. And Quite frankly, like an impact of dominating the interior of the paint, you know, a true enforcer, uh, Memphis, uh, uh, defensive juggernaut, probably, uh, something similar to the Pistons of the Western conference, you know, never, never could get it over the top, but a team that you had to, yeah. you're going to have to go in and fight with, you know, and when the Spurs were soft, some of those years, the Spurs were the one seed, the Grizzlies were the eight seed, and the Spurs didn't lose to the Grizzlies. But they gave them tough. No, no, no. Yeah. They, they, they took it up the ass. Oh, the yeah, when they did lose that series. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. They got destroyed by that Grizzlies team. So well, they had both, man. They had essentially kind of twin towers. Uh, with Mark and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. When you get two good big men, I still would argue to this day, I know it's gone to small ball, and I know, know there's no big men. Yeah. I still would argue. Yeah, two very good big men. I mean, you saw it with Samson Elijah You saw it with Duncan Robinson. Yeah. It, 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 Gasol and, and Randolph weren't even as good as those, but yeah. they still got you through a couple rounds and I still wouldn't want to play them. Yeah. Like I still like, if I'm a higher seed and you're like, Oh, that's one that's going to have to earn that win. You know what I mean? But absolutely. They create these little rules and there's no defensive three or defensive three seconds. Yeah. When we look back at that, yeah. uh, kind of, we're going to get to that in the next this argument yeah. about Jordan scoring 50. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting one. Cause I don't have him on my list. Uh, Zebo. Yeah, it's fair. You know, he didn't, he never won shit. I don't even, did they even make it to a Western conference? They might've no. made a one did they? Western conference. I don't finals. think they did. Maybe not. I don't think they did. They were an early or yeah. uh, second round team. I mean, he got traded a lot because he was a fucking wild man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but the but, dude would get his work in, but again, Maybe maybe the fact that he's not a team player should should take him down a few pegs there. What's crazy is I feel like in a good game, in like a game five or something, or even like get to the second round of the playoffs, I feel like he's a good passer. Yeah. It's just like in the middle of a season, I feel like he's a fucking terrible guy to have on your team. Yeah. But just I feel like, oh, like when the right. game's on the on the line, I think he can ball. Like yeah. So when when the season's on the line, not the game is on the line, but. I'm saying like, give me a, you, you're going into a playoff series. He might show up and, and give you some, a better performance than his regular season performance. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a dog for sure. So he's not backing down to a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. My, my number eight is Chris Weber. All right. It bothers me, but when I look at the stats, I got to put him here. I would prefer to have him at like 10 or nine, but the stats speak for itself. I, I know there's no stat though for, to me, like I didn't think he was the greatest defender. Yeah. Thought he was lazy at times. Yeah. That always bothers me. Sure. Uh, Derek Coleman didn't make my list. Honorable mentioned. Um, Derek Coleman, I thought Similar very to, lazy uh, player. Weber didn't, wasn't Weber. that lazy. Yeah. But I'm saying like, it always pissed me off. Like when you're watching a play and like the ball is going out of bounds, he wouldn't die for it. It's like, it dude. almost makes me want to go back and watch uh, Derek Coleman to see, 
just how lazy he was. Cause and shout out to Derek Coleman, by the way. Cause he, I know that Flint water, uh, Flint, Michigan water situation. Cause I, I think he's from Michigan. Yeah. Derek Coleman bought like fucking like, I forget the number. I think it was like a hundred grand worth of water. Yeah. Send it in there. Nice. So Derek Coleman, probably a really good dude. So I, it's, right. I feel like an asshole when I, when we talk shit, we, unfortunately we're a sports podcast. We have to do that. We have to analyze. Yeah. What you actually, but did. I thought like Derek Coleman was incredibly talented. Like I, I, I'll put, I'll put it like this. It based on his talent. I thought Derek Coleman could be like in the top three. Yeah. Maybe even number one. I've heard that a lot. I've yeah. never seen enough of Derek Coleman to make that judgment for myself. But anyway, and wh- come to that conclusion. But so. we- Weber to me is almost like in a way, a poor man's he's better than De- a rich man's <laughs> De- uh, Derek, Derek Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but he's almost a poor man in a way because right. I don't poor think man talent wise right. at a, at a 10, if you, if they're trying their best, I feel like Coleman's a little bit more skilled yeah. than Weber, but Weber's uh, putting a little more work in. Yeah. Yeah. Had better career. So, uh, I would have been interested to see Derek Coleman on the, in the West coast though. Oh yeah. Like if you were to let Don Nelson draft Derek Coleman, All right. <laughs> watch out. NBA. that's where he should have watch been. out NBA. Yeah. And I can't emphasize that enough of getting drafted on the right team at the right time. Yeah. Because I'm telling you some of that shit, especially in football, but, but basketball too, that matters. Again, it matters going to the nets. Yeah. A bad place. Well, you know, the first year or two is by Chuck Daly, who didn't really believe in offense, kind yeah. of a defensive guy. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, like you're on the West Coast, like Don Nelson. That's Chris Weber's first year. Remember, Barkley went around the back and dunked on him in the playoffs. <laughs> um, but I'm saying, like you had the, the you had the green light, and you could see Weber's game. Even when he went to the Bullets, you could see him like it struggled a little bit on the East Coast, but when he went back to the West, like his game fit the West. Yeah. And I feel like Derek Coleman might fit that. That's why I say Kemp though. If Kemp was on the East, his whole career might've struggled a little more. I think those highlights wouldn't be happening. You're not going to pull that crazy shit for you dunking and pointing someone's face on Charles Oakley. You're going to get punched in the face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Pippen did dunk on Ewing and push him over and I think it did start a fucking fight. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, just in general, I just feel like there's a lot of bodies, a yeah. lot of like Kevin Willis, a big dude, man, Dale Davis, Antonio Davis, big dude. Like yeah. just, tougher. You got it. It's just tougher. It's just yeah. tougher. We talked about this with, I mean, we're going to get to it with the centers. Yeah, look, we hate to be like the guys that like harp on the cliches. We've taken criticism from, from our uh, favorite fans, but uh, some of the shit is uh, some of these stereotypes exist for a reason. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, I mean, I, I watched it and I was an avid fan. Yeah. So it's not like I'm just sitting here just saying, well, if you, I Someone watched, else said this. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So my, that's my number eight is, uh, is Chris Weber? Okay. Um, my number went to seven. the finals, and, and so go yeah. go number seven. Yeah, sorry, uh, number seven, Pau Gasol. Okay, already talked about him. Yeah, he won a championship. I can see that. Yep, and he was the second best player on the championship team. Chris Weber did make the Western Conference Finals as probably the best player in that team. Yeah, they had some, they had a lot of role players though. They did, man. And you know who played huge those playoffs? Who's that? Vlade Divac. Yeah, that Bibby. Uh, Bibby Bobby Jackson played big for them. Doug Christie. Yeah. Nick Anderson at one point they had, uh, I mean, uh, Abdul Wahad was a player that they had that could score. Nick Scott Anderson Pollard. probably a fucking yeah. s- a super underrated career. Yeah. But yeah. who am I still forgetting? They had another three. I think that was good. They didn't have Turgalo, did they? No, they did. did. They, they did. Turgalo and, and Stojakovic. Stojakovic yeah. actually was lighting it up for them. Yeah. Stojakovic was getting like 23 a game for them. Yeah. They had a good team, man. Yeah. They were good. They were deep. Um, so, so, uh, yeah. So you got Gasol at seven. seven. Yeah. Who you got? Seven for me is Giannis. <sighs> He's my number six. Let's talk. I don't even classify him as a power forward in my mind. <laughs> okay. 
He's like brings up the ball and does so much more dribbling than every player on this list. Yeah. Every single player. The only one that don't, no one's even close to the amount of dribbling that he does point forward. Uh, Giannis. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. game has changed that much. I mean, if anything, the, the guy who probably dribbles the most on my list aside from Giannis is either going to be Larry Johnson or Charles Barkley. Uh, Larry Johnson or Charles Barkley. Yeah. Um, most of these other guys, probably aren't. Barkley. Yeah. 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 Um, but this guy is the one guy that I, I look at this whole list and I go, he doesn't fit in. He's, he's an different. absolute freak of nature, yeah. but he's not like any single player on this fucking list. It's true. Even my honorable mentioned athletically. He's uh, <laughs> my, in a class of his own. Like my honorable mentioned of like, uh, I have like LaMarcus Aldridge and Antonio McDice, who I think is another one that if it never got injured, would have been really, really good. Yeah. Um, Sean Kemp. This is your uh, yeah. honorable mention list. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's like Kemp. Kemp could kind of dribble, but Kemp was a wild man. Giannis is better. Yeah. He's a lot better, but I mean, he plays in today's NBA, which I, we're going to attack that. I feel like on the next episode, yeah. because I want to make a point of why centers aren't there, but right. the game has changed so, so much. Giannis really benefits from the lack of rim protectors in yeah. the league right now. Yeah. Like he just dominates but at he's incredibly at athletic. The rim. He's a fucking pleasure to watch. Yeah. I love watching. But if, game. if Giannis like, was running into David Robinson and Mark Eaton and Dikembe Mutombo and Akeem Olajuwon and Patrick Ewing every week, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be dunking on them all game. I mean, we could argue. Uh, you're right. I want to dive more into it because we're going to, I feel like we're going to really attack it on the next episode. Yeah. Um, but he is developing into something special, man. These the numbers oh. this past year. And he's got a, there is parts of his game. That's beautiful. Yeah. Like you'll see like just the sheer athleticism. You talk about a dude and you talk about a, uh, an, an era like in terms of, okay, would these dudes in the past in the nineties have adjusted their games to the modern game? And it's like, you're, you're watching Giannis have to do that right now because he's not a natural shooter, but as he develops his jump shot, I mean, his points per game, Every year have, have changed here. 7, 13, 17, 23, 27, 28, 30. Crazy. Basically. But the NBA has also rounding up on been, all those. been trending that direction, but I'm not going to use that as a uh, His three-point attempts. He had uh, 1.5 his first year, right? Mm-hmm. Then dropped down to 0.5 his second year, but then 1. 1.4, 2.3, 1.9, 2.8, 4.8 threes a, a game this year. He's shooting more threes now then probably the probably Reggie Miller did back in the nineties. That's fuck. That's why I have a, maybe that's why I have a hard time watching besides the uh, politics side of the NBA, but yeah, it's just a different sport, man. And it's hard to, it's hard to make I put Giannis here because he's so athletic. He's almost an enigma when it comes to uh, the power forward position for me here out of this whole list. The one that I truly don't know how to play. If you put him in 1994, would he be playing power forward? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Dude, he's just too big not to be. Yeah. Six, what is his? Six, eleven, two, four. I don't have his numbers, uh, his size. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, like I said, I, I know Derek McKee played small forward. He was six, eleven. Cliff Robinson, probably six, eleven, played small forward. But I think Giannis is still bigger bodied than those guys. Those guys were kind of lean. Honestly, tall. you know who he'd be like in the 90s? Who's that? He'd be like Robinson and Elijah one. He's not that big. You're saying he played center then? Uh, well, those dudes 
both had, uh, I think both of those dudes had better jumpers than he has, but he's clearly developing it. And yeah, so no, at, it's great to see that at too, this man. point in his career, he resembles to me a Robinson and a lot like shorter, obviously well, like a, uh, an inch. Yeah. But he's not playing center. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he, uh, maybe he would then you're saying six it- 11, Robinson was seven, one, uh, two thirty-five. Yeah, maybe you're Akeem right. Akeem was seven foot two fifty-five. Yeah, so he's right in that same. Uh, you're right. I think if I had to agree with someone that I compare him to, but but yet yeah. here we are on the power forward list where it's a. It's yeah. A true. Yeah, he's a freak. He he's different. So. You have him higher in your list. You said. Uh, he is the next guy up six, and and okay. if he keeps up what he's doing for a long period of time, he'll get real close to number one by the end of it. So. Okay. Yeah. So you, you so it's back on me again. Yeah, that six? was my number six. So your number six is. Uh, Rashid Wallace. Who didn't make my list? Who for a guy who won multiple championships. It's true, although that he. Uh, was arguably th- that Pistons team was interesting because the Celtics too. He made huge shots in those finals. Uh, he was on the Celtics championship team, yeah. wasn't he? Huh? I have a hard time giving Rasheed Wallace his due because he is such a. a you, head ha- case. you think, but you honestly think Zach Randolph, who's also a head case, is better than Rasheed Wallace? He didn't have his certainly the deep game. Um, Rasheed Wallace was nasty in the post too, like. Someone asked me recently. Rasheed like, Wallace did have a lot more offensive game. Rasheed Wallace or uh, Chris Weber, and I was like, "Yo, I go Rasheed Wallace all day." Now, the only thing I will say is Rasheed Wallace could be an asshole and get you a lot of texts, but you have to factor in. Yeah, I think that's probably dragging but him. But I down. also think he tried a lot harder. Yeah, he, I mean, when he was when he was doing it, there's a reason that there wasn't a true like a true MVP on that Pistons team. MVP caliber player. Yeah. And they were all, they still were a dominant team, you know, yeah. one swept the Lakers and then, uh, or B was it four one or did they sweep four one? I think. Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, and then took the Spurs to seven the following year. Um, almost back to back championships. Although here's, here's my pushback on you here. He never had a season averaging 20 points per game. He was on the Blazers team. That was like an all-star team. But he was the best player on that team. He was good. I'm he saying good. like they they had they only had one ball. And his stats, his rebounding stats, not special. His block stats, not super special. How about this though? With the exception of the first year with the Washington Bullets, I think all of his teams that he was on went to either the Western Conference Finals or the championship. Every year? A lot of or, them. A lot of them. Yeah. Uh that's true. Jeez, Portland. Atlanta, he was on for one game. One game. <laughs> uh, Detroit and Boston. Yeah. And then the Knicks at the end uh, after he came back uh, from retirement for some reason. But um, yeah, he, he was he was in the playoff picture quite a bit. Let me ask you this. On this whole list, for me, I would think him. No, actually, he's not. I forgot my number two. I was going to say he might be the best shooter on this list, but he's not. He might be number. He might be the second best shooter on this list. Yeah. But unlimited range to me. He could he could make like a forty footer. His uh, total career three point percentage was only thirty two percent, which isn't terrible. But yeah. it's not great. Yeah. But he did have years, like in ninety nine on Portland, he shot forty two percent from the three point line, uh, thirty six percent 
later on, 36% again, several times. But that Portland team, that, in my opinion... That's like a, a, a respectable two-guard in today's game. Yeah. Has that 36%, you know, uh, three-point range, you know? But I'm saying that Portland team, uh, from what I can recall, this is why I mean the stats... If you were to put him on, like, fucking Cleveland, he would have had, like, 25 and 10 probably every night. That Portland team was loaded. Yeah. Pippen, Shrimp, uh, Steve Smith, um, Sabonis. That's true. Stacey Augman. Um, I'm forgetting some. Brian Grant, Bonzi Wells. I mean, these teams were deep. Isaiah Ryder. That's true. Uh, to your point here, and this is a very strong argument you're making. Only one year in his entire career did he average 15 shots per game. Yeah. 15.3. That's, that's, that's my point. Is like, He's, that's like... If you're only getting 15 that or less than 15, that puts you as like the number three score uh, in terms of ball distribution on most teams. So yeah, uh, it's tough for him maybe. And he's still, you know, maintained close to 20 points per game through his prime. So, you know, if he was the number one guy shooting the ball 20 or like Jordan 27 times a game, yeah. then maybe you see this guy scoring 35, yeah. you know, yeah, or more. So I'm he a- was good. He was good. And when he was, uh, when he was focused, he was among the best in the league. Oh, especially that's what I'm saying. When he's on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he's on, like you could argue that he is, you know, like yeah. I can remember him and Garnett going back and forth and you're like, I don't know who's better at the, I mean, when they're playing, right. You know, like he was at uh UNC. Yeah. Uh, with Vince, with uh Stackhouse, not Vince Carter. Stackhouse. God. Yeah. So much talent. Yeah. Filthy. Yeah. So uh, give me, hit me with your number six. Okay. Five. My five. number five. Now we uh, get to the Hall of Fame. Already, there is a big gap. Yeah. Well, Giannis is part of that. I, uh, to me, already mm-hmm. he's he's That's already crazy. joined that group. Um, I disagree. Or, not quite. Yeah. He will be joining. So Giannis it. is your five? No, he was my number six. My okay. number five, Dirk Nowitzki. I have him a lot higher. Now, <laughs> the reason I don't have Dirk higher. Is because I don't see him as much of a defender. That's fair. That's fair. But he's maybe the best scorer. I mean, out of this whole, he is. But look, when you when you see Dirk's stats, you would expect more. Um, he only averaged twenty six points per game for two seasons in his entire entire career. Never got to twenty seven. We think of Dirk, and we think of here's a, a thirty point per game guy. Unguardable. He was on. In my opinion, there's only two players on this list that I really classify as unguardable. Yeah. And he's one of them. Uh, six foot 11 shooting 38, <laughs> shooting a fadeaway 38% yeah, a fadeaway with a knee up to block you from getting anywhere close. You're not, you're not altering a shot, right? Which is probably why probably should have two champions. He shot 38% from the three point line for, for his career. Uh, over 20 years, uh, 21 years. Um, yeah. Should have two championships kind of got jobbed in 2006. Yeah. Um, and he was easily the best player on those teams. Yeah. Yeah. Dirk was, uh, dude, his stats are fucking incredible. He did hold 20 points per game for like 11 or 12 years straight, 20 plus points per game. The dude could light up the basket. I'm just saying 
He was a one-dimensional player on that in that range. He's getting nine boards, nine point six boards a game. One of these, nine point seven, nine point nine, nine point nine. Okay, okay, maybe he's, he's a, a, a little bit more yeah. uh, of a beast on the glass. And I don't, don't, give don't him sleep on not a horrible passer. Actually, I mean, he probably needs to pass more, but three a game, three point seven or three point three. Towards the end of his career, he's not a good passer. Nothing special on the yeah. passing tip. Less than a block a game for his career, despite being six foot eleven. That is, that, uh, is, that is, that is definitely stands out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, and he was playing in an era when you could still block shots. I mean, he's still shooting forty per, over forty percent from three in like four or five different years. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, the dude, the dude is probably like there's Larry Bird, there's Kevin Garnett, and there's or not Kevin Garnett. Um, who am I thinking of? Larry Bird. Oh, Kevin Durant. Oh, and yeah, fucking yeah. Uh, what's his name? In terms of just unguardable players in mm. our lifetimes, mm. um, and so, he, he is in that category. So my number six is Carl Malone. I mean, my number five. I'm sorry. Is okay. Two, four. Yeah, my number five is Carl Malone. Okay, I think we're all uh, we all have the same, we have the t- same top five different order here. So yeah. let's rock. Um, I have made this argument. Maybe I haven't made it enough on air. But I believe in it, and I believe in this for Stockton, and I believe in this Malone. Uh-huh. Both would have been good players no matter what. Uh-huh. Jerry Sloan's system, though, made them great. I think they certainly benefited from it. But if you're telling me that a humongous, pretty athletic cock diesel, six foot nine, two hundred fifty, sixty pound dude, who with an ag- aggressive streak and was the biggest asshole ever throwing elbows at everyone's head. Wouldn't have he, gotten he was his all time. Maybe it was the fact he was in Utah. There's a lot. He that, was dirty as fuck, dude. Yeah. Absolutely dirty as fuck. But, um, he's a country boy. I'll say this though. Like I, I truly believe he could never go one-on-one with somebody. And, and, and he was never a one-on-one player to me. Yeah, no, that wasn't his game. Well, that to me is the only guy on this list that could not get a bucket when you needed him to. Fair enough. Fair enough. That has to account for something to me. Like his best, what would you define as his signature shot? His signature play. I'm not in life. I'm not saying one play. I'm saying what is his go-to move? To me, it's like a 10 footer. Yeah, it is. It's And that's normally created by the pick and roll. Pick and pop, pick and yeah. roll. Yeah. Now I still think if, if, if Carl Malone's drafted by the bucks in 1980, whatever, yeah. He still would have probably been a 20 and 10 guy, right? Yeah. But I don't think he would have ever gotten 30 points a game. I think that is strictly inflation on Jerry Sloan. Yeah. And I don't know that he would even make our top 10 list. Right. Well, Carl Malone, to me, the quality of player that I put him at is exactly at Scottie Pippen's level of quality of player. I think, uh, they're neither one of them. If I'm drafting a team, I'm taking Pippen all day. <sighs> the versatility Pippen would play point forward sometimes, but Carl Malone was a true power forward, but, but still could he create on his own? I mean, like, it's not like a post game. Like dude, like Rasheed Wallace's post game is way better. Be Chris Webber's post game way better. That's fine. Like, but he managed to score like a million points for his for entire career until when the, on the Lakers, I know he was like 35. So uh, you take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But he was on the Lakers. I can tell you, even he was still efficient because he could make that 10 footer yeah. all day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, he perfected that. He's quick enough. He's not going to blow by you, but you have to respect his shot enough that like between a little bit of quickness and some muscle and like, you know, fighting you to get the ball to the hoop, you know, he's going to get you one way or another. I've, I've made the comparison off air to you saying John Stockton is the Tom Brady. Yeah. Where he played in the same system his whole career. Yeah. Um, I, I think he'd be good on another team, but I don't, I don't know that he'd be a hall of famer. Right. Sure. Carl Malone perhaps would be a, uh, a Warren moon Malone stats are, are absurd. so good. That's the only reason why he's in the top six. I'll be honest. Cause on, on, on strictly vision test. Yeah. I don't think he's in the top five. I think top you're five. a Carl Malone hater. Well, I, well, here's how about this. I'm going to hit you with another point. Yeah. The other five on this list, I feel very comfortable with in the, with the game on the line. I do not feel that way with Carl Malone. That's and fair. I have that to back that up. That's true, but l- let me let me tell you this: the game on the line isn't uh, isn't everything. And those Utah Jazz, they were a. If he doesn't miss two free throws, they're probably NBA champs in Game Six. Yeah. Um, or get the ball fucking stripped. Yeah. Like it was so. He is a classic. He's a fucking he's a Scott joker. Norwood of power forwards. Oof. Yeah. It's a low blow there, yeah. buddy. Let's keep it <laughs> above the belt here. Um. Let me pull up list of Utah jazz, but, but his 31 points a game or whatever you're sitting there like, this is unbelievable for a guy that didn't have like a signature move or like you couldn't like to me, if you put him in the post, you're not like, that's an automatic well, two the, points. The, you know, this is the exact same argument that you use against Robinson. And so I think that we're going to get to this a little more on the next podcast too, buddy. You don't need to be the only dude that creates in order to be an, a super effective basketball player. You know? I watched three Utah jazz games in the past two days. Yeah. I, I my memory is not Dude, all he has off. to do. You know what his, his creation is, you know how he, he, he runs and sets a pick and then pops. That's his shot creation. Yeah. He just created himself Which a shot. Jerry Sloan maximized. Yeah. <laughs> Having a guy like Stockton that could hit the shot and had legit like 38% three point percentage range. I would also argue this though. Yeah. Like I said, for Kemp, if you're not playing against the competition defensively that I think the East was. Yeah. Then in the West, like I now give credit, credit on Malone. I feel like he ran the court. Well, right. Yeah. But I also feel like that's a luxury that was provided in the West coast way more than the East coast. Uh, a faster game. Yeah, sure. Agreed. hundred percent. Um, okay. Now Carl Malone was on, I mean, his stats are unbelievable. Here's that- they are literally unbelievable. When me, I like, I didn't want to put them in my top five and I'm like, good God. Yeah. Over a, Oh, I think it was, let me count this out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year period. Unbelievable. He was averaging 26 and 10. Same system, but, but unbelievable. 17 years, 26. No, unbelievable. Yeah. There's no denying that. I have yeah. a number five for a fucking reason. Right. Okay. But let me, let me, let me, throw like, and, 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 and I did say that there's a big gap between five and the rest. So yeah. to me, like he's on a certain level or Mount Rushmore level of power forwards, even though I think he's the most skeptical. Like if I had to be like one that I'm like, who doesn't belong there? Who was so lucky by who they were drafted with and the coach and the team that they played with for that long. I think he's the one. Well, let me tell you what the stat that I'm about to present to you is going to be an impressive stat on Carl Malone's part, but it's also going to prove your point. Okay. What's that? Carl Malone came in 
to the league during the 1985-86 season, right? Mm-hmm. He left the Utah Jazz at the end of the 2003 season. The Utah Jazz made the playoffs every single year he was there in Utah, but couldn't get it done. <laughs> I mean, but they they were second round, second round, first round, first round, second round, first round, first round, second round, third round, first round, third round, first round, third round, NBA Finals, NBA Finals, second round, second round, first round. First Who were the power forwards though? It, I mean, Kemp and Barkley at one point. Yeah. Besides that, he still had to go in the lane and like no, get he, but guarded he was, by but, Robinson but and Olajuwon. That's and, true. That's true. Yeah. There's no denying that. But I would say the fast break ball aff- afforded him some luxury there. I will agree with you. I think the system helped him. I think it did. But I think it helped him and Stockton tremendously. These dudes and Hornacek, to be honest, the system yeah. and their talents. Got them in the playoffs so many years in a row. And oh, were, I think Jerry Sloan is a Hall of Fame coach. I think that's good, a crime that he doesn't have a championship. Yeah, they're yeah, that's true. But they were good, but n- never going to be. They got close. They, they, if he makes his free throws, they yeah, might be they champions. Are a champion. So I, I can tell you this: one, two, three, four. Actually, I, I'm going to tell you that I think every guy on this list, maybe, maybe not Chris Webber, makes those free throws. <laughs> It, you could say that, but the pressure, uh, the pressure is a different. I feel very confident that Nowitzki. That's true. Carmelo was a bigger choke than these dudes. Maybe Duncan goes one for two, maybe, but I feel like Duncan would make those. Duncan was kind of clutch. We'll get there. We'll Carl get there. Malone was the only alpha on his team for that entire time. John Stockton was a, a, a team. A pass first guy. There was a huge difference when they got Hornacek. That's when they started actually winning the playoffs. Or going deeper. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, that kind of sucks for them. But you know what? Since you said Carl Malone is apparently uh, maybe a douchebag. Um, oh, I mean, I think Sean Harris is best. Shout out Sean Harris. Our boy Sean Harris, who grew up a huge mailman fan. Yeah. Don't meet your heroes, man. <laughs> Don't meet your heroes. Yeah. Don't meet your heroes, man. Not a big fan of Carl Malone. <laughs> it grew, I mean, he idolized this guy, and then you meet him. It's not a fun experience, man. <laughs> Oopsie. Not, well, I mean, all of a sudden, didn't he, like, have a fucking child? He's in the NFL. Carl Malone's son oh, is in the NFL, and he never fucking... Child. Yeah. yeah. It, it, he fucked, like, a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> Why he was funny. on the Jazz <laughs> or late at Louisiana Tech or something. So anyway, ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. Carl he's Malone. my number five, and I think... He 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 made this this Mount Rushmore of power forwards. Even though I would love to, I would have loved to see in 1990 him traded to the Miami Heat and see how he did in the Miami Heat or see how he did in the uh, on the Indiana Pacers. Actually, I think the Pacers were kind of catered to them. There's only a few that were really offensively efficient. I think the Pacers might have been able to do that. Yeah, I'm looking up something else right now that uh, is interesting. I am looking at the NBA All First Team. And second team defense over the course of uh, Carl Malone's entire career mm-hmm. made it in 98, 99. Oh, no, he had a good three year run where made it in 97. He was 98 defensive power and 99. Forward. He was first team defense in 98, 99, and he tied with Pippen for the forward position in uh, 
That's impressive because he does not stand out to me as someone that, I mean, I don't think he's a bad defender, but he didn't stand out to me as elite. Well, he wasn't for a long time. And I'm sure the uh, jazz being in the finals didn't hurt him getting votes, but I mean, I never thought he was a liability or anything. I'm just saying first team defense three times. That is impressive. All right, let's rock. Yeah. Get me with your number four Garnett. Wow. A little higher on my list. All right. Yeah. Um, and he was a dick to me. Another guy that I met that was a complete <laughs> asshole. Um, I'd say this guy was, a, he's to me the closest to Giannis on like a, a guy that is unbelievably athletic. Yeah. And just kind of an enigma on, the, on this list. Yeah. Um, Had some really good seasons uh, in a row. Yeah. I mean, he had monster. He put up monster numbers too. Yeah, let me see if I can pull. But that's a guy in the post. Once again, like his post game stood out to me. Uh, Garnett. Yeah. Yeah. He could like drop it off glass sometimes. That's what I mean. Like Malone never had that to me. You know what I mean? Like Malone never like, I mean, he was, uh, I'm still, I'm still sure if I pulled up enough tape, he was efficient in the post, but it was never like to me, like, uh, that's a basket. He's going to make that all day. Yeah. Like, a lot of these guys on this list. I felt like that was a basket pretty much. You get it down there. Oh, I'm going to throw this in your face here a little bit. What's that? Kevin Garnett's prime statistically lasted eight years, yeah. right? But it was all in Minnesota, right? He, during that true prime, averaged 22.5 points and a very nice 12.7 rebounds over eight yeah. years. How many blocks? Uh, 1.6 blocks, okay. 1.4 steals, five assists. Pretty good for a power yeah, forward. Yeah. He, he stands out as a guy that I remember passing well. Yeah. 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 Agreed. When he went to Boston, right? Yeah. The averages from, uh, if I could pull it up, they dropped significantly. Well, you have Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Rashid Wallace. That kind of. Well, you're going to give my boy, David Robinson, some, some grief about. About what? Not being the alpha dog and getting the, the same kind of numbers, right? You're saying the championship? Yeah. During the championship he run. Was, oh, Garnett was not the best player on the team. Who was better? Paul Pierce was Paul the Pierce. best player on the team. Okay. Respectable. Yeah. Respect your uh, consistency with your argument, at least. Only 15.7 points and 8.3 boards during uh, the real. And you could actually make an argument. Prime years that, in Boston. Well, especially in the finals that Ray Allen, Ray Allen hit some huge huge shots for that team. Yeah. They, all three of those dudes yeah. were equal in my yeah. opinion, but I think if they had, if they had to stay with one, it would have been Pierce. Pierce was the dude that was going to get the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Cause my number four is a guy named sir Charles Barkley. Uh, a little higher on mine. Do tell, uh, unbelievably fun to watch, even though at out of shape at times on the suns and the rockets, <laughs> I think he made that Rockets team worse, actually, when he went to the Rockets. Yeah. In my opinion, I think the Rockets had a better chance of winning the championship without Charles Barkley. Well, and here's here's where we're going to delve into this a little bit. We're going get, to get on this earlier. I think uh, usage is a factor. And although Barkley, uh, to his credit, um, was never a super high usage player with the ball. Um, the most unbelievable thing with Charles Barkley is he's 6'4". Yeah. To get the rebounding stats that he got. Yeah, it's insane. He averaged 14.6 one year. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's absolutely unbelievable. But I also say it's what keeps him from being higher up to me. That he got a lot of rebounds? No, that he was that short. Oh, that he was only 6'4". Yeah. Look, Charles Barkley 
only averaged for his career 14.5 shots per game. His high in shooting the ball was uh, 18.1. And this is the most impressive stat I think I've ever seen. What's that? In 1988, Charles Barkley averaged 28 points per game, 28.3 points per game on 16.0 shots per game. Whew. No, and he had a three ball. He developed that three ball. That's the guy who really worked on his game. On 28 the points on 16 yeah. shots. Jordan's greatest year, he averaged 37 points on 27 shots. If Barkley was shooting the ball nine times more per game, like <laughs> he'd be scoring like 42 points a game if he was shooting. Let me ask you this. And though. he had the capability to do that because he had a handle. He could create his own yeah. shots. He had some range. He could beat you to the basket if you stepped out on him. Let me ask you this though, because from my recollection, and I would have to, uh, maybe I'll do that over the next week since I'm quarantined. Yeah. I remember there being a stigma that he was a bad defender. Yeah. Much like your Nowitzki argument. Yeah, the here. stats aren't showing up. And so yeah. maybe I haven't penalized him enough for that because yeah. he's higher on mine. Yeah. So, Fair. And, well, and I can tell you this if you're playing power forward and you're 6'4, it makes sense because you're completely undersized. Yeah. It's, although you should be quicker. Yeah, but still. Six four is like the size of a fucking yeah. Then you're like Penny Hardaway is taller than <laughs> than Charles Barkley. Yeah, you're getting like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, towered over by yeah. like two guards. No, Barkley was an ad, he was a dog. Especially go back to his Philly days, right when he got to the Suns that '93 year, he was on fire, man. He was a he was, that was when he was in the best shape of his life too. I feel Barkley like. in '93. Well, maybe some of the some of the Philly years too. Some of the Philly years, yeah. Um, but he had polished his game. To me, it was like a, a perfect match because he had kept developing the jumper. Oh, yeah. It was nice. Basically 26 and 12. Jeez, that that's year. tough, man. Yeah. But once again, though, I think the knock is bad defender, right? I guess so. I thought I thought I remember hearing that throughout the 90s. Yeah. But, but I'd have to go back and really study the tape. Well, he got awfully close, man. He got awfully close. And you want to talk about clutch busting a, a fucking series winner and David Robinson's eye hurt me. That was nasty. That's what I mean, though. I put everyone. Carl Malone is the furthest back because I trust the other people. I absolutely making agree the game with you winner on that. There. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of proof to back up yeah. that yeah. idea. So yeah, my my number uh, four is Sir Charles Barkley. Give me your number three, Patty C. My number three is Carl Malone. Mm. I just think uh, for a dude that was able to prove the, well, the stats produced for that long. I think if Carl Malone gets a championship. I think if the NBA doesn't allow Michael Jordan to shove Brian Russell in out of the stadium, Malone still had a shot though. He did. And he choked, but you know what? He did choke. So he should be penalized for that. But, but you're it, right though. It's a fucking offensive foul. Or if John There's Stockton, not a better example to show somebody an offensive foul. If right. I had a son and he's like, Hey dad, what's an offensive foul? I go, well, check this out. Yeah. He creates separation, which gives him the advantage to shoot the shot. Yeah. We could talk about this for hours. Yeah. Either way, Carmelone kind of unlucky that his team and his personal prime, although his personal prime lasted like 20 years, so it could have been any time in there. But that when he was finally had all the pieces to have a championship team around him, he ran into the fucking Bulls twice. Uh, otherwise, he might be a, a NBA champion twice, and then the talk about Carmelone. I, I still argue that would all be day. very different. I would love that. I would love to see those Knicks Jazz Finals because I think that would have been. Fucking fun, yeah, man. That would, that would be great. I think a lot of contrast, a lot of, uh, I, I don't think it wouldn't, I think it was going seven games. Yeah. I think I feel pretty good about that going seven games. Well, I think a lot of those teams, that was the, the, the special thing about that era and specifically that yeah. 94 season 
was that uh, there wasn't like any team that had like two stars on it. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, Shaq and Penny was too early for them. Was Penny even there yet? No, Penny came in. Uh, no, what? What? Yeah, you know, he was. Yeah, because yeah, Shaq yeah. was ninety two. Penny, yeah. Penny was ninety three. Yeah. Um, but they weren't ready yet. Uh, there was no team that had. I mean, Stockton Malone was the only team that had two like Hall of Fame caliber players on on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Hornacek was a baller. Yeah, but he wasn't there then, was he? No, not ninety two or ninety three. What I'm saying, or ninety three, ninety four. Oh, you're but, talking about if like ninety eight Knicks played ninety eight Jazz. Yeah, that would have been crazy. Would have been a very. Interesting I think the Jazz series. whipped their ass. Ninety nine. Really? I think it going seven no matter what. Really? Yeah, that's true. Ewing on Ostertag is if a fucking nightmare. If the Knicks stay healthy, if the Knicks stay healthy, that's true. Very true. I, I retract my. Previous I even think statement. like you have Allen Houston. I mean, the Knicks had a, I think a deeper bench than mm-hmm. the Jazz. Yeah, that's true. Starks was coming off the bench those years. That's true. Knicks had Ewing, Oakley, uh, Ewing, Oakley, LJ, Kurt uh, Thomas. No, Houston was starting at the two. Yeah. And one was Childs. Yeah. With Kurt Thomas, Marcus Camby. Yeah. Uh, John Starks. Uh, Charlie Ward was on that team. <sighs> they had, they had other players too. I'm forgetting. Chris Mills was on one of those years. Buck That's Williams like, was on one of those years. That yeah. is legit. Almost yeah. two starting lineups right there. So you have a point. That would have been a fun one. No, but Oakley was traded for Camby. So one of those years depends what year you're using. It would have been Oakley or Camby. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, my number three Wait, I told you my, my number three is Kevin Garnett. I Ew. think Kevin Can we touch on him. Yeah. You, 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 you oh, I touched on him. Okay. Uh, unbelievable rebounder. Unbelievable. Like great post game to me. Uh, and a true asshole in life. Apparently while he was playing too, with his comments about Charlie Villanueva and our boy, that was a ball boy for him. Thought <laughs> he was a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, but he was a dog. He was a dog when he was playing, man. The guy was a fucking a guy that threw it all out on the court. You got to love that. Great defensively. I saw him recently in a, a video. The, the right? Adam Sandler movie? No. Oh. I, I mean, obviously, it didn't happen recently, but I think it was from this season where he's like, you know, someone's filming him in the stands and he's screaming upset and he's at the players on the court. I don't know if it was a college basketball game or a pro game, but. Yeah. The dude. Uh, he's, had a mouth with the best of them. Yeah. Um, but he was unbelievable. Got his championship. If you, I'm not in, I'm not big into like valuing it, like oh you won that championship, but he he did make big shots in those games and he was an elite player. Let me let me tell you why I'm disappointed in Kevin Garnett. Why? For his incredible length, you know, six eleven and humongously long arms and incredible athleticism. Yeah. Not not an amazing shot blocker. That is surprising a little bit. Yeah. One point four career average on shot block. But another thing that's underrated is he got the Timberwolves to the Western Conference Finals. Now, granted, I think they got swept. That is an incredible he got accomplishment. Them, I think with Gugliotta and <sighs> Sam Cassell, if memory serves me correct. It's putting in work. Yeah. So I think the Spurs swept him, if memory serves me correct. It might have been the Lakers. Either the Lakers or the Spurs swept him. Um, but they got there. Listed on basketballreference.com as center slash power forward slash small forward. They started Dean Garrett at center. So that's why I'm honoring him at power forward. Yeah. Gotcha. But, um, uh, Garnett to me, like I said, game on the line, he's making the shot. Malone's not. And then I saw, I, 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 Garnett would have been, I'm fairly certain he would have been good wherever he went. Yeah. hundred percent. Where Malone is. Minnesota is the proof of that. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. went to Minnesota. He was really good. It's the hardest place in the league. And he didn't to... have John Stockton or Jerry Sloan. He yeah. had. Flip, San- Flip Saunders is a solid coach. Nothing horrible. But he also had 
Who else did he have besides Flip? He had a bunch of other coaches. Kevin McHale was his coach. I feel like McHale kind of like uh, brought him along some. Probably in the post because he was a power forward. But I'm yeah. saying as far as an overall coach, I don't believe he was the greatest. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so hit me with your number two. My number two is Sir Charles. Mm. Uh, I thought. Here's the irony. Yeah. Both our number twos were known as the weakest defenders on this. I think this on this whole entire list. Your number two is Dirk then. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, Charles, uh, Charles just had more game offensively than all these other dudes. He had more Dirk. Well, not Dirk, okay. but more capability. He's just a far better rebounder than Dirk. Although. Had some good handles too. Charles. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm De- saying. Decent handles for, for, a... he, he, he could create it and like make buckets like a two guard. You know, he was just like, basically when he had the ball in his hands, he was essentially like a very big, powerful two. Kind of like a, a Zion Williamson, in a way. I mean, that, those are the three that kind of we've we've grouped together: Zion, Charles Barkley, and uh, and LJ. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, those comparisons have been been made by a lot of people. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah the Charles Barkley had all sorts of offensive game, and so and a great rebounder of an amazing rebounder. So maybe the defensive deficiencies are something that uh, keeps him down. But that only As- aside from my number one, uh, maybe that only we- makes the number one that much more impressive. He's like the top three rebounder on here. Who Barkley? Yeah. I think my number one is the best. A better rebounder than Barkley. I think my number one is the best. Everything. Well, yeah. Our, <laughs> our number one. Yeah. And it's to me, it's, there's a, there's a gap here, a little bit of a gap. Yeah. And number one is Tim Duncan. Yeah. Um, to me, I've never seen a guy come in the league. So polished, so ready to go. And so done. Like, like I said, unstoppable. I can only really say that. I feel like for, for Dirk and Tim. Yeah. That they actually had games offensively that I truly felt like were unstoppable. Tim Duncan's stats suffered because he's he, unselfish. Yeah. He's a he very unselfish in player. System, like, and I think his personality is unselfish, man. I think yeah. that reflects how your game, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, but he's just way better than everybody. Yeah. I remember watching the 99 playoffs, man. I, I mean, all of them, I yeah. was a big fan of that. Oh, four Pistons team. Oh, five Pistons team that played him. Yeah. And I fucking went through a stage of really hating Tim Duncan because of, he was so unstoppable. Yeah. It made me fucking Post moves really in the glass. Him. Yeah. And I thought he always whined like a bitch. Like I, I will argue that now. Yeah. But still like I went through a part where I had to hate him because he was so good. And because I'm a Spurs fan. That and you're too. jealous of, but um, he was like, you get like a double team and go off glass and bury it. And you're just like, good God. Yeah. yeah what yeah. are you supposed to do? Yeah. It's a, nothing. You can't block it. Cause his, his vertical. Yeah. And his height. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like with his arms raised shooting, it's a un, and I'm like, it, it's the most unstoppable player in the league. Like, and he's pulling in, he could get, tw- he could get 20 and 20 any night he wanted to. Yeah. Think about that. <laughs> he, he really stopped. Uh, he never was, uh, at one point he was shooting 18.3 shots per game. That was the only time he ever shot the ball 18 times a game. Other than that, I mean, I like to think that, uh, David Robinson, you know, being unselfish allowed Tim Duncan to shine early enough. So he didn't feel he got that. He's one of the only dudes that ever has a championship 
and is the star of a championship team in his first couple years in the league. I really That's can't, fair, yeah. you know, so he immediately got his shine. That's what I'm saying. He was so like 99. I, I, for, for a while when we were talking, I thought it was his rookie. It was the second year. The, that really stands out to me. Cause I really watched. You're like, shit, like, this guy's in his second year. He's best player in the league and he's oh, winning a championship. Yeah. And he was unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievably good. Like yeah. I, know, I don't know that anyone I've ever seen on that level. I mean, Jordan's second year, I was like a, a three-year-old or something. Maybe LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but Let's talk about who didn't make our list. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. And I think I, and I am completely in agreement with you on this because a, I think you talk about timing. We talk about the Carl Malone thing. Yeah. Dennis Rodman was fortunate enough to be on a team. In my opinion, the three teams he's known for Detroit, San Antonio and Chicago. Yeah. Where they didn't need him to score. Yeah. And not only that, all three of those teams were going to win. 57 games with or without five games. With and that's without proven. Him. That's yeah. proven. They all did it. Yeah. Well, I don't know about Detroit. Well, Detroit, Detroit prior to him being there. When did he get there to Detroit? Like uh, 87, maybe 86, 87. Okay. But they were still a playoff team. Yeah. So like, and he's an incredible defender, but he's an offensive liability. You can't be so one-sided here. Cause I can tell you this, every player on our list, although Dennis Robbins probably a better defender than everybody, maybe short of, I, I mean, you could probably argue him. He's the best of us to player in the top 10. Over Duncan, I'd say it's him and Duncan. I'd Duncan. say, I don't know. I might put Robin, Duncan, but he's also. Yeah. A, but when you take the fact he's a head case and you talk about offensive liability, he, he had the luxury of not having to play offense. Yeah, because you're on a team that that, that, that are that good. I think if you would have, if Tim Duncan would have got drafted by the Dallas Mavericks in 1986 or whatever fucking year he came in the league. He probably would have stuck around the league for a little while, but I can tell you that the head case thing would be, could have been an issue. You're, uh, not Tim Duncan. If uh, Dennis, oh, sorry, Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Not Tim Duncan. Yeah. But my point is, is that I don't value like, yeah, was he key on winning those championships? Sure. Right. But we saw Horace Grant do that. Yeah. On the Pistons. He was on the, he was on the bench a lot of those yeah. years. Not only, not only is Rodman um, fortunate to be on a team that allows him to focus on his, you know, particular one craft, excellent two craft, yeah, yeah, skill yeah. set. He also apparently was like a, a guy that would actively disregard some of his, uh, especially with the bulls supposedly just would not do his defensive assignment in order to, to uh, with the Spurs, focus on rebounding. Like with the Spurs, he just left the fucking team in the middle of the playoffs. Well, that too. Yeah. I mean, he did it on the, the, the bulls in the regular season too. He just let them go to bed. The guy's a complete fucking head case. He He's can't be asshole. in my top 10. Yeah. Look, the Spurs organization, right? Has been, uh, the model organization for a <laughs> long, long time, right? They've had two cases of assholes ever. Yeah. Right. Where they couldn't like deal with it. One was Rodman, right? The other was Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Right. Other than that, Kawhi Leonard won championships there before he ever won it elsewhere. So right. Yeah. Exactly. Other than that, the team has had an amazing, like, record of managing their players and having it be a very prayer, player friendly, player friendly place for Rodman to beat, go in there and be like, this place is like, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. It just shows he's an asshole in a head case. I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's certainly a culture, culture clash that I understand, but the dude's like friends with Kim Jong-un. So <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what more do you need to say? Guys, this is the college experience. Um, we gave you a big episode today. Hope you can digest it all. Um, 
please rate, review, share on iTunes. Uh, we'd appreciate it. You can follow Patty C on Twitter at Patty C831. You can follow me on Twitter at the Colby D. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. It's quarantine times. Why not give you a two hour episode? This is the fucking college experience. You better start thinking about yours. And we're out.